0: three movie podcast for Suicide Squad. My name is Tom Chick, and I am here with Christian Mrinsky. Uh I'd like to be known as quite vexing. I'm just warning you.
1: <laughs>
0: the line is technically forewarning, because I just watched the trailer, just so you know. And with a tagline for Suicide Squad, I'm forewarning you that this is Kelly Wand. Trailer.
2: It's like Guardians of the Galaxy, but Warner Brothers.
3: Yep.
0: <laughs> mm, mm, I don't know. What? I wanted what? I've got so you much can't...
3: Guardians of the Galaxy loaded in the chamber. Let's do
0: this. I'm with as...
3: Give me another on, one.
0: No, this is a tagline. I want something else. Oh,
3: you're just you're just critiquing it as a tagline. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough.
2: Yeah, disagreeing with the principles. Uh, there doesn't have to be animosity just because one's a crocodile and another's Australian. Hmm. You got more? Too long. Too long, Juan. <laughs> I prefer three-word ones.
0: Uh,
3: <laughs> Kinneman's not a, a crocodile.
0: He's not Australian either. <laughs> that's right. He's a Scandinavian. <laughs> Oops. Wait, who? So Joel Kinneman, who played RoboCop, he plays uh, Flag. Oh, okay. yeah, that's who I thought it was. I just call right. him RoboCop. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh it's like Focus, except Will Smith and Margot Robbie play criminals.
0: Oh, damn it. I haven't seen Focus. Oh, no, I oh. can't do that. So far, that's my favorite one, Kelly Wand. Hmm. Did, you saw it? I'm no, but curious. you're right. It's like a heist movie where they're both like criminals who, who hook up because they're doing the same heist or something. They learn they're to work with each me. other. Yeah. But they're both in that movie? Yeah. Yeah. they the it's, lead. A, it's a reunion. Yeah. Is it Warner Brothers? I don't know. It does seem like it? Yeah, I don't know. Stick to their people. Have you actually me. seen Focus? Uh, no, I want
2: to. I now that history, I've seen yeah. this, yeah, this made me want to see Focus in a weird way. <laughs> Isn't because I go, well, the well they're both.
3: where well, I where I complained about the billboards that said "Never trust a criminal." It does
0: sound like a tagline for Focus. It does yeah. sound like something Dix would object to.
3: Yeah. Well, I that, think that's an idiotic. <laughs> that's an idiotic tagline. Unless it comes it's to not you. A <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I heard you. Um,
2: the last one I wrote was Jack Nicholson's Joker has never been
0: better. <laughs> See, my my yeah. similarity was uh, Jared Leto is the fifth best Joker. <laughs> After Cesar Romero. Uh, and Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill has done some great Jokers, I think. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, when I came yeah, out that, I was like I said to the Dingus, there's the third best Joker. And then I was like, no, wait, Cesar Romero, fourth best Joker. And then we realized, oh, yeah, Mark Hamill has done some really good Jokers for, for the animated series and for uh, video games. Mark Hamill has a, a solid handle on the Joker.
2: I'm bummed because it sounds like we're not going to argue about anything. And stuff,
0: no, well, <laughs> hold on. Yeah, stand oh, by. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, listen to Dingus. Okay. Right. Listen to Dingus though. Really? I'm pretty sure I know. Yeah, Dingus is very – well, Dingus vocalizes a lot of things when you watch a movie with him. So it's kind of no. like no. – What? But, I mean, I apologize. Dingus no. will do this – he'll do this thing like where he will uh, vocalize a yawn. Like and it's, it's very clear like he, he's like sort of
1: no,
2: – it's sort of no, like
0: no, the way no. some people belch after a meal. Dingus will vocalize a yawn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, is that a, a hint as to what he – what noises he made during Suicide Squad? Well, we'll find out, won't we? But first, Dingus. Speaking of Dingus vocalizing things, Dingus, give me and Kelly Wanda a quiz.
2: Yeah, I feel really pumped and vexed. <laughs> you feel pumped and vexed? I don't know. I, your quizzes are complicated. They're not really. They're usually- Tom's just tricks. Like, oh, it's <laughs> opposite of what he thought. <laughs> Like, he's tricked you. Yours are more like, okay, I want everyone to enjoy this. I hope they have a good time. I hope it's a tie.
3: <laughs> All right. So this, uh, this quiz is very weird. Uh, I'm going to go back and forth between the two of you. Uh, I'm going to score you um, based on how you guess the answer to these questions that I ask you.
0: <laughs> you see, Wait, what think quiz? We're gonna, it sounds like we're, he thinks we're going to guess and not actually know the answers. He might be right. right.
3: Yeah. All right. So th- the uh, the answers that you will be able to give to the questions that I ask you. All right, the questions are simply going to be yeah, – don't call me Perth Apple. How dare you? Um, <laughs> the names of movies. I'm going to give you a name of a movie. And uh, starting whichever one, with whichever one of you. I'm not sure which one should I uh, – who wants to start first? Kelly. Kelly is going to start first. Uh-huh. uh-huh uh i am going to ask you whether this movie is black and white color or both Ooh.
0: i mean this sounds pretty easy but i think he's got some tricky things going
2: how what's the as long as the connection to suicide squad or if is there's there? not
0: it okay just, all
3: right. i've been brewing for a while and
2: joker's uh, colorful. We, we
3: bumped it from last week because tom had something that was more pertinent but this, so this just,
2: was ghostbusters themed
3: no, it was not. It's just something that I've been brewing for a while. It was random
0: so. last week and this week. Kelly Wand, just like the 3x3, three three, it stands alone in yeah. cast. Right. podcast. Yeah. So no one's getting pulled over yet.
3: Right. All right, so Kelly Wand, you're going first. Okay. Is this black and white, color, or both? Hmm. So the first question is, the first movie that I'm asking you is, Mutiny on the Bounty from 1935. Is it black and white, color, or both?
0: I want to go first. Can I change my answer? To nope. no,
3: Kelly gets okay. to go first. Sorry.
0: Uh, it's black and white. All
3: right. That is correct. Kelly Wand is right. That is indeed a black and white movie.
0: You're welcome, Kelly. <laughs> there
3: have been many <laughs> Mutiny on the Bounties. Um, that one happens to have been black and white. Tom,
0: hmm. you are Next. I'm, by the way, I'm going to be good at this because if it's a movie that I don't know because it's old, I'm just going to say black and white, and I'll be right. But go ahead. Right. So is this black
3: and white, color, or both, Tom? Mm-hmm. Citizen Kane.
0: Black and white. Sweet. They didn't. They had. They hadn't invented color yet.
3: They had not invented color. color They didn't
0: rumblefish yet. Even
3: in the regular part of the world, they had not.
0: Yep. Sweet.
2: So regular. Kelly Wan. Uh-huh.
3: black and white, color, or both for this movie, Pineapple Express. Uh, both. Very good.
0: Oh, man. I might, I, might have, I might have blown that one. Very good. I didn't nope, I remember. I forget that.
3: How did you get that, Kelly?
2: I remember oh. the opening. It's like, a, it opens in the 1940s or something.
0: Yeah, oh, that's
3: yeah. right. There's a whole they stoner shoot. thing at the beginning. That's yeah. right. Is
0: that what you were thinking of, Dingus? Are there other black and white bits in Pineapple? No, no, it's just
3: that the That guy pancakes. talks about
0: pancakes.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just
2: the beginning. Bad. They shoot a, they shoot <laughs> it's really funny. It's a great sequence, and therefore hard for me to forget.
0: Yeah, all it's right. a terrific
2: movie opening, Pineapple
0: Express. I, I yes. thought he was just throwing you a softball, and he was going to just do a couple of obvious. Now, decisions. now I'm on my guard. Okay, this is difficult. He threw me a stoner movie, which is a softball in this That's is true. I didn't mean to do
3: that. That was a, that was a mistake. That was could uh, have been Tom. All. I know. If I should have thrown a curveball, All right, Tom? Yeah. Uh, is this movie black and white color or both? How green was my valley?
0: <laughs> so I've never heard of it, oh, and I think I've heard of it, but it's got to be like a super old movie. So I would normally say black and white, but it has the name green in the title, right. Shit, which makes me think you're trying to trick me. Man. No, movies a- in black and white have color in the title because they want
2: to deflect your attention from that. Right.
0: They don't want you to realize that color hasn't been invented yet. But right. I to say this sounds like a really, really old movie. And for some reason, I think I've confused it all my life with Anne of Green Gables. Like, isn't that a thing? So I'm going to say – I consider
3: Anne of Green Gables to be a modern erotic classic.
0: I don't even know if that's true or not. Is it – Just the nipples are green though, not the whole gable. Is it like an Emmanuel movie? You guys are – I think you're pulling my leg. Uh, I'm going to say How Green Was My Valley is all black and white.
3: Yep, you're right. Good job, Tom.
0: That was tough. Man. It's an
3: early uh, Best Picture winner that should not have won Best Picture probably, but it's a – anyway. Wait, wait. Why shouldn't it have won –
0: why shouldn't it win Best Picture?
3: It's one of those those schmaltzy-like considered –
0: America's the best. movies, But they didn't know how to make good movies back then. What else could have won? Well, that was their theory. Okay. They went
2: well. All right. We have five of these America's Best movies. We'll give the one that says it's green.
3: (laughs) All All right, right. you guys are tied. You you both have two right right now.
0: No, what? Yeah, Tom's true. We haven't gotten any wrong yet, Kelly Wand.
3: Tom was a little. I was. He was teetering a little bit. I was trying to fool him with the word green, but he was not fooled by it. All right. I wasn't
2: really listening to Tom's (laughs) answers. I was focusing on (laughs) the offense.
3: So okay. All right, Kelly Wand. Yeah. Is this a black and white movie, a color movie, or both? This movie is called Prince Avalanche.
0: Oh my god. <sighs> Shit. I actually uh, know what that is. I totally know what that is. Ah, Kelly Wan, suck it.
3: Both. Uh, it is not, it's a color movie.
0: I was thinking, is there a flash magazine in there? I thought you totally gave it away, uh, Tom, by I know, right? Going, by, I know what that is. By crowing, exactly, because if no. I know it, there's probably no black and white in it. Do you not know what that is, Kelly Because there's some decent stuff in there that you might like. Wait, White Hunter, Black
2: Hearts, some Black and White, right? Because that <laughs> who, goes with my theory.
0: Uh, who, who all's in Prince Avalanche Dingus? Do you remember besides uh, – um, Purple
3: Rain uh. – yeah. The reason I chose it is because it's directed by David Gordon Green, and I was thinking of how Green was my Valley. Um, but it's oh, Paul. It's but, Paul
0: Rudd, and who's opposite him? It's like John C. Riley or something.
3: No, I can't remember now. What? But I actually kind is of it like, like it kind of more than you do.
0: It's a weird movie. It's a different enough movie, and it's David Gordon Green, so there's always going to be something interesting. I
2: thought maybe that was one of his motifs: is doing color and black and white. Because of Pineapple Express.
0: All right. Oh, Emile Hirsch. That's why I wasn't. Emil Hirsch. Oh, yeah. very good. Yeah. So Kelly White, if you're into buddy movies with Paul Rudd and Emile Hirsch, Prince Avalanche, right up your valley. Right, right up your alley. <laughs> Excuse me. Right, right up your valley. <laughs> uh,
2: there's a lot of green up mine.
3: Okay. So Tom, <laughs> you're, you're, you get the next guess. <laughs> All right. Black and white, color or both? Inside and Davis. Hmm. I uh-huh.
0: don't I think there's a color bit in there. Oh, Oh, wait. Ah, so Kelly thought of something because obviously, I mean, it's mainly a black and white movie. Did they ever lapse into color? The fact that Kelly Wan barked out, oh, wait, makes me think he realized there was a color bit in there. But I don't know when it would have been. I don't recall dream sequences. This is a tough one, and this might throw the game. But, Dingus, I'm going to say all black and white. I'm sorry. It is actually in color. Wait, the whole thing?
3: Yeah. No.
0: Are you kidding?
3: Yeah, it's, it's in a color grade. I'm sorry, this is a bit of a, a cheat. Um, but they thought about doing it in black and white, but it's actually in a grade of color. What does that mean? It means that it's actually in color, but it's just toned down. Like desaturated.
0: Yeah, basically. Dad nabbit. Oh, I got the first tough question, Kelly Wand. What?
2: Prince Avalanche was tough. No, it right. wasn't. It was the <laughs> same answer.
0: <laughs> All right. so we have two more. Oh, yeah, look so here. Look tried. at pictures of Inside Lou and Davis. Totally not black and white. Why would I think that? Dad, <laughs> Kelly, what would you have said to that one?
3: Uh, I just said, hey, wait, to trick you. <laughs> that was a good trick. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, picked it originally thinking it was in black and white, but then I went and looked and watched it
0: again, and it's got this weird desaturated kind of thing going on with browns. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's a period. Hey, so you think, yeah, maybe color. Dadgummit, Dingus, you're tricky. Yeah.
3: All right, what? two more, you guys. Kelly, you're next.
0: Oh. Is that the answer?
3: color <laughs> right you guys are tied you're tied at two right and two right sweet so Kelly. Oh, no but I, I screwed one up so i'm down a point
0: no no, no Kelly screwed I one up too oh right sweet awesome okay you're i'm back I'm totally tied. you're totally
3: even it's Kelly. a very tense match mm-hmm. black and white color or both mm. force majeure <laughs> tom what is it <laughs>
0: oh wait
2: all right i get it <laughs> Force majeure is in color.
0: All right, Kelly. Very good. Should um, Kelly see that? Gave movie away by... by giggling. Well, she Ke- by No, I was giggling because I knew Kelly uh, had I, seen it. I knew he yeah, did. I probably he didn't even know what it was. He oh, yeah. would know. It. Here's how he would sell it to Kelly Wand, dingus. Kelly Wand, do you know? And you probably know this guy's name. It's this uh, red-headed, bearded guy in Game of Thrones who plays like the Wilding, who's kind of every now and then making Google eyes at Gwendolyn Christie's character. Oh, yeah, yeah. That guy, he's awesome. He's got this amazing face. Yeah. He's, he's a great part. He's in Force Majeure, and he's he, he's, as, he's as arresting in Force Majeure as he is in Game of Thrones. I love that guy. We both do. So. Did so. she play the title character? No, unfortunately. Oh. No. Yeah. All right. All I- By the way, speaking of Prince Avalanche, Dingus, you're on to something. You're, you're doing something tricky there. All right. Isn't that weird?
3: Okay, so uh, here's uh, for the
0: for the win or the tie. I don't know what to do
3: with you guys. Uh, Tom, is this in black and white color or both? It's a movie
0: called Top Hat. Oh, my God. i never even heard of it. It sounds like some silly Fred Astaire thing. So I'm just going to say it's got to be some super old movie, which is why I've never heard of it. You know, I maybe I have heard of it. I bet it has, like, dancing in it. It's something that you like. So I'm going to guess it's some old – because I, I have no way of knowing, I don't know. It's not anything I know. I'm going to guess it's an old, only black and white movie.
3: You are absolutely right. All right, you guys tied, and you are absolutely right about what it is. It's my first Fred Astaire movie. Oh, it I is. Had to Fred- watch it. Ah. Um, I had to watch it because I was doing a musical at the time. It was the musical Anything Goes, and the director is like, all right, you have to watch a bunch of Buzzley, Busby Berkeley kind of things. Busby um, Berkeley over there. Yeah, but uh, but you also have to watch Top Hat, and that that's when – that was the first time I'd been introduced to Fred Astaire. And I was like, oh my god, this guy, holy cats,
0: this guy's awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I so obviously, yeah, I obviously must have heard of it because it's no, that's way too random for me to have guessed. So yeah, I guess I have heard of it. Uh,
3: all right, so you guys tied. Uh, and you did a very good job,
0: both of you. Very good. That was tough. Uh, Kelly-Juan, you got the easier questions. What? Prince Avalanche? What the fuck? <laughs> Force Majeure, though. Come I don't on. see movies about ranking <laughs> systems. <laughs> there is uh, – the Force Majeure the, – the titular character in Force Majeure is an avalanche. <laughs> it's a true story. Really? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Dingus, uh, since you also are so good at giving quizzes, why don't you also tell the listeners what movie we saw this week? All right, well, this week we saw
3: Suicide Squad.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh!
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was thinking about Avalanches still.
3: Of course. A 2016 American action-adventure supervillain DC franchise movie about the dirty however many. It was (laughs) written and directed by David Ayer. It stars Will Smith, Margot Robbie. Is it Robbie or Robbie?
0: I think it's got to. It's because it's so. If it was Robbie, yeah, would we wouldn't
3: have to be Robbie. Well,
0: right? if it was no, if it was Robbie, we wouldn't even have to think about it. It's so obvious. It's it's Margot Robbie. I'm pretty sure, which is why yeah. you always have to pause because it's spelled Robbie. But it's I think two it is bees, though, right? Yeah, yeah but I, it, in Australia, you know, you don't know what they're thinking. I of. think
2: if it was Robbie, we would know it was Robbie by right. now. Well, the fact that we're going, what is it again? Means it has to be Robbie.
0: Yeah.
3: All right, I agree with you,
2: one, uh, You uh, just
0: said the exact same thing I did.
3: Yep, uh, I was I was listening. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was I was listening. He said, "Yeah, but I was listening." But it's Will Smith. It also stars Ike Barinholtz. Mm, I'm pretty sure that was Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> thought, do you know where we know him it's from, the Dingus? Sisters, dude.
0: What what was that? It's the dude from Sisters. Oh yeah, the carpenter. Oh, you're right. Because I was thinking we know because he's the best friend in Neighbors. The poor man's uh, Thomas Jane. But no. you're right. He is the boyfriend and sister. Of course.
3: That's the that's the, that's where I first fell for him. In- very
0: good thing. It's very good. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking. Uh, yeah, we know. Yeah, very good. All
3: right. He's one of the things I really liked about Sisters. I really- yeah,
0: he's the guy that falls on the music box. It has that awesome bit that you didn't like that I loved.
3: Right? Yeah, I hated that part, but I loved uh, yeah. when he's like doing the lawn and they're like doing all that weird flirting with him that doesn't work.
0: Man, you're making me want to see sisters again. He's dumb. <laughs> though,
3: it. Isn't he? that stuff, isn't he she's careful? standing out of the sunroof. The, uh, the sunroof, sunroof at, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: I liked Maya Rudolph in that movie. Well, what what movie, Kelly, one of you not liked Maya Rudolph in, though? I have yet to see a movie where Maya Rudolph isn't like, I like her in this. Mm. See? It's a tough question. Bridesmaid, she was playing a straight man. So
3: Bridesmaid, she was awesome. She's yeah. so funny in that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's uh, all happening. So- it's happening. It's happening.
0: So Tina Fey, the only movie I've liked – I mean there have been two movies I've liked her in. Uh, I guess I kind of – well, maybe. I like her sister. Wacky. But uh, <clears throat> Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, she's not doing, as I mentioned before. It's not a Tina Fey movie, so I really like her in that.
3: Who, oh, seen... Tina
0: Fey? Yeah. Hmm. So just so you know. All right. I'm sorry, Dingus, carry on. we got a lot of names to get through, don't we? We're, we're, we're about a third of the way through probably. <laughs> we have a
3: lot of more names, but – uh, three of them belong to one person. So uh, next we have Viola Davis is also in that. Hmm. We also have Adewale Akenoye Agbaje.
0: Pretty good dingus, but I just call him Adabizi.
3: Yeah, you could. And then Joel Kinnaman. I think that's enough for now.
0: All right. Uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, uh, suicide – oh, no, no. Sorry. you got to do the rating. I
3: was uh, suicide Squad in. is rated PG-13. Oh, rats. For <laughs> Sequences of Violence – and oh. action throughout, suggestive content, mm-hmm. language, and disturbing behavior.
0: <laughs> I really wish it had been an R. I'm so bummed. Uh, Kelly Wand, is there anything the MPAA missed out on that they should have? loved? love disturbing
3: behavior. To?
0: I love disturbing
3: behavior. Yeah,
0: it was <laughs> – that's just <laughs> another movie title. Yeah,
2: well, that's, isn't Behavior
3: that? When we did uh, Shades of Grey, wasn't that disturbing behavior?
2: Nick Stahl plays shy on that. But the MPAA left out military officials looking disconcerted. <laughs> Kids shouldn't see that. Mm-hmm. Worry them that the system's not in place. Uh crocodiles with the power of speech and ennui <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that might be the first appearance of ennui in an MPA disclaimer. I, I can't.
3: Yeah, well, it's just another word for disturbing behavior. But is it throughout, though? Is it ennui throughout? No. Well, of course not. Sometimes
0: it, the parts they reshot are pretty funny. <laughs> All
3: right, fair enough.
0: Uh, Suicide Squad didn't do very well critically on Metacritic, which is the average from various reviews. It's at 40 out of 100. On Rotten Tomatoes, 26% of the reviews. Oh, but it made s- over. Of suicide Squad are positive, right. Yeah. It made over what, Kelly? It made more than nine lives. On- it made
2: over 100 million more than its Rotten Tomatoes score. So if you add three zero – or wait. If you add six zeros <laughs> to your Rotten Tomatoes score right, and you beat that number, it's a hit movie.
0: How much do you beat it by? I don't know. Uh, it made 135 million dollars, and it is the best ever uh, August, August opening of all time. It beat out the previous best. Op- so August is normally when the summer season is kind of declining, and the studios sort of want to throw in their last minute things. Uh, it, although that is changing, and it certainly changed now. Uh, the previous record holder with 94 million was an August opening in 2015 called Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, uh, but. Uh, wait, 2014, right, isn't it? Uh whatever. Sure. I'll oh, okay. take that. Yeah. Wait, uh,
3: this Beat Guardians?
0: It did for yeah, the opening weekend. It did. Um it What? Totally did. what? Well, there, there's this did very well. There if you listen closely, actually you don't have to listen closely, you can probably feel it washing over you. There's a sigh of relief from Warner Brothers about the future of their Justice League stuff because of this really? movie. Really? <laughs> sure because I really sure.
2: They're saying, oh, because of Suicide Squad, there's not a, there hasn't been a live action hit movie all summer, and so they
0: saw it like as a disappointment. Like, oh, no, I cannot imagine Warner's disappointed in 135 million dollar. I'll take anything, anything. I think at this point, yeah. But well, the thing is, it, it proves the viability of this franchise. I mean, Batman versus Superman well, sort of stank it up. Uh, I I think that this that's a good. But there was a huge Saturday drop too.
3: But there, so I they're would... they're able to say we have our Marvel.
0: Right, I mean, this is exactly this is this is them i I, I imagine they have had some confidence restored in their Marvel Warner Brothers
2: uh, But Marvel movies get reviewed Marvel. better and make more
0: tell want nobody cares how they review it just matters how much money they make, please but I, don't they make more
2: still though like doesn't like well, this make more money than Captain America. Okay. You think reviews influence how much money? Actually, well, reviews can. actually... I'm just saying, if they're going to go, we're, this is our Marvel. Like, there's one difference at least, and maybe it's not, and maybe box office too.
0: I'm saying it's one and a half. Uh, I'm not sure. What, all of, Batman vs Superman was very disappointing for them, uh, and a lot of people probably, I don't know. Actually, people did lose their jobs over Batman vs Superman. Uh, nobody lost their job over this. Everybody at Warner Brothers is going to be very happy. I don't know why you're saying they shouldn't be happy about it.
2: Well, because, like the I don't know, like it doesn't have legs is what I think they're they're predicting. Like because like all their money came on Friday night and so Saturday it went Wait, down. What
0: what's this? All their money came on Friday night. I don't know anything about that. What is that?
2: Well, everyone went and saw it Friday night, like box office totals
0: for the weekend. But what then on what Saturday. Was- what was the percentage? I don't know anything about it. Is that like uh, – Like over like 100. Conspicuously. It made over 100 on Friday, you're saying. Yeah. million on Friday.
2: And Thursday. But then by Saturday, it was like, yeah, it's not that great. And how is that
0: and different from a uh, normal opening weekend pattern?
2: Normally, it goes all weekend. But then if there's bad word of mouth and a cinema score of less than A, then it's considered like it's, it's not going to like last as long. Like the opening weekends, the the best part, and then but like Captain America was like the number one movie for week after week, and so there's like less. They were hoping this would do that. But, well,
0: if it that's makes a
3: hundred here, yeah,
0: Kelly I think that's. I mean, these are all interesting observations, but I can't imagine if if you're trying to paint from that that 135 million dollars opening is disappointing for Warner Brothers. I'm not seeing it. If you're saying that it means that it won't have legs. Uh, no, I'm just okay. saying
2: this. I'm saying the well, that, and also the statement that um, that it, this is our Marvel, but it's like Marvel movies. They make more, I think, overall, and they're better received.
3: Well, and, yeah, but it, this is definitely them doing Me Too, but their Me Too is still making them money.
0: Yeah, Kelly, Wan, I don't understand why you're issue with this. They're still going to make a ton of money in Europe. Though? Like you
2: think they were only ho- they were they were. Like uh, aiming for 150 because
0: they probably wanted to. You, this exceeded this exceeded the projections. Of- All right, There's you know this. what? I don't know. Fine. Okay. I mean, I don't know where you're getting the stuff about the Friday opening, but if that's if that's true that it made the bulk of its money and then had this sharp drop off over the weekend, that's an interesting stat. I'd certainly love to know more about that. Um, I I didn't know that. I'm just going by uh, a fellow named Brad who does these awesome weekly write ups on Box Office Mojo where he has the numbers and he points out things like. You know, this is the biggest August opening ever. It beat the previous one uh, by more than forty million.
3: Um, I still and, can't believe that it beat Guardians. Oh my God, I can't believe that. Uh,
0: I can. I mean, it's got. I can for well.
3: It's well, got Guardians
0: kind of set the table for it to be able to do that, but still. Uh, well, guardians was unlikely because nobody knew any yeah. of the characters in guardians guardians didn 't have some innate marketing appeal like this does I mean everybody knows and they 've been hitting hard this idea that you know it 's a joker movie uh, these are these are a lot of these are some familiar oh. characters and they 're hitching uh i think the marketing on the fact that they're familiar characters here
3: well, i so. didn 't know they were hitting hard it was a joker movie i i haven 't looked in any of the marketing so i don 't know I just know how i you know you know how I go to see the, these movies you know kind of the same way you do but i didn 't Look at the marketing afterwards. So I didn't know they were hitting it hard as a Joker movie.
0: Yeah, because nobody knows who Deadshot is, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and it's, it's, probably, this is what I wanted to talk about because
3: Kelly Wand has tried to explain to me Deadshot and Deadpool and how they relate. So, anyway, go ahead, Tom.
0: Well, and another That's thing it. too is I, I think uh, ding, this is a Will Smith movie. Like I think that also uh, yeah. uh, that I think that gets asses in seats. Um, so it, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy did great and that was fantastic but I'm I'm surprised it did 135 million but I'm not surprised it did well because familiar characters that they're hitting uh, it is a Will Smith movie um, what other factors I guess just those two things but I really would have thought it wouldn't I, I would have thought it would have done far worse because of Batman versus Superman
2: um,
3: mm. these are it's a Joker movie uh, let's I didn't that. know that I did not know that going in it well really I I I know that's stupid, but I didn't know that.
0: Well, I didn't know it coming out. I mean
3: <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was very good, Tom. Very good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Kelly Wand, let's let's get past the business of the business and let's talk about what we thought of the movie <clears> once throat> you throat> tell the listeners everything that happens in this movie in synopsis <sighs> form with your suisquopsis squadopsis. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <clears throat> suicide squapsis <laughs> The DC Comics logo appears. Everyone around me groans. A Warner Brothers
1: exaggerated sandwich forth.
2: A Warner Brothers exec reg sandwich board that says, Don't worry, we did reshoot, stands up in front of me, starts to talk, then sighs, shakes his head, pulls out a gun, and shoots himself. On the screen, more words appear, from the director of the Grey. Beside me, Zack Snyder's all, ha-ha! House of the Rising Sun plays. A prison guard opens the door slot and holds up an orange rectangle glued to a plate. He's all, hey, Smith, here's your loaf, <laughs> Not sure why it's orange. We put some deleted scenes from After Earth in it. (laughs) And some bat shit, courtesy of Batman's cave. Will Smith's all, when this movie's over, I'm going to rain down the Holy Ghost. The guards all, what the? My wife spent all day overfeeding those bats. Why you? They take him to a turbine room and beat him with some Nerf batons until David Ayers is all, uh, now something for the males in the audience. Margot Robbie's doing vagina gymnastics. Some guards come in as the scene (laughs) ends with a hasty dissolve. C.C.H. Pounder walks into a war room, throws a dossier full of comic books labeled Top Secret on the table, and goes, Gentlemen, Mr. President, I came up with an awesome plan to fight terrorism. But first, my colleague Josh Brolin. Brolin's all. Yeah, so I was in the shower for once this morning, and I thought, Yo, self, what if Superman ate a bad taco and his digestive issues destroyed New York City? Or worse, Metropolis. Who would stop him? Batman? We tried that already. Commissioner Gordon's all, Fuck Metropolis. CCH pounders all, gentlemen, please, that's three consecutive lines of dialogue. The camera dissolves to her, saying, which is why I've come up with the best idea in the history of the justice system. We make a supergroup out of villains, except for the Joker. Anyway, the first one's Will Smith.
1: <laughs>
2: but while on set, we all have to call him Deadpool. I mean, shot. His superpower is shooting things while looking at... His superpower is <laughs> shooting things while thinking about his daughter. We cut to Will Smith talking to a cell phone bank account app. He's all, Yo, now take away that million for being a dickhead, or do you want this concert singer singing tonight? The guy in the line's all, Lols, okay. Will Smith's bank account meter bar ticks from a million to zero dollars. Will Smith's all, Yeah, that's right, bitch. Now. He positions himself on a roof, aims his gun, and goes, This is for you, Willa. He shoots a guy who's already having a heart attack, but for PG reasons, the bullet wound is superimposed <laughs> by a montage of his daughter's face. This dissolves to a shot of him and his daughter Christmas shopping later that night. The kids all. Mama says you kill people but love me. Will Smith's all. Your mama's a lying bitch, except for the first part. Suddenly, one of the Batmans walks on screen and goes, Please don't shoot me. He crouches behind Will Smith's daughter as Will Smith draws his gun. <laughs> Ten cops jump on screen and tackle Will Smith. Another ten tackle a little girl and snap cuffs on her. CCH pounders all. Second build is Margot Roby, also known as Harley Quinn. Her superpower is that she used to be a psychiatrist, but got horny seeing Jared Leto with green hair. Since the Joker gave her shock treatments and turned her into a stripper, she's very empowered. There's a montage of the Joker disguising himself as a goat and shooting a bunch of doctors to break out of Clown Prince prison. Brolin's all. Yo, talk about a workplace romance gone wrong. A general's all. What? He was your patient. Not sure if workplace really works on that. I know. As the camera drearily dissolves, CCH Pounder's all. Third up, unfortunately, is Jay Courtney. He robbed the only bank in Australia. Once. Since he failed the exam for major six times and his accent's noticeable, we have to call him Captain Boomerang. There's a shot of Jay Courtney walking out of an exploded bank vault with sacks of money. He's all, me specially made boomerangs, don't return after I throw them. Maybe they are the wrong shape. Flash walks on screen. He's all, ha, gotcha. (laughs) Uh, I ran really fast to get here, by the way, off screen. (laughs) You'll see it in another movie. Don't worry. I also speed talk, Paul. The General's all. <laughs> the General's all. Wow, Flash is on our super team? That's fucking awesome. CCH Pounders all. Uh, no, he's in Zach's movie with Cal Drogo and Amber Heard. We got the guy he caught, the Australian, Jay Courtney. He's available. The guy from Terminator? Commissioner Gordon's all. You mean Sam Worthington? Pounders all. No. <laughs> I know. I checked Let's first, obviously. think he's in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, unlike Star Trek, we have a Mexican too. Recently, he caused a prison riot by making fire come out of his hands and burning 600 men alive. She makes them watch some footage of a Mexican with a skull tattooed on his face, shrugging at a camera as fire starts to come out of his hands before the security cam footage dissolves. The generals all. The footage that would have come after that would have been incredible. CCH Pounder's all. Since Marvel already has a character named Pyro, we have to call ours uh, El Diablo. <laughs> the generals all murmur. Yeah, it makes sense. Actual first, last name. Aren't pertinent. Yeah, CCH Pounder's all. Finally, we have a token latex guy, Killer Croc, due to his skin condition and footwear preference. She makes them watch footage of a guy with dumb skin yawn and crawl into some sewage before emerging a second later gasping and choking. C.C.H. Poundersall. all, obviously he'll be handy in the War on Terror. What do you guys think? One of the generals clears his throat and vomits. He looks over at David Ayers and vomits again as the camera dissolves. C.C.H. Pounder's all, oh yeah, also finally there's the witch, occasionally known as the Enchantress. I brought her here personally since her power is so interesting and unusual even for a superhero movie. Dr. Moon? She gestures in an Italian lady. The lady gets up, walks to the head of the table, holds hands with it, and turns into a filthy voodoo <laughs> cave girl.
0: The By the way, that gest- should, I love that. Kelly, that should be her. Uh, the character's name, filthy voodoo cave girl. Filthy voodoo cave girl. was <laughs> awesome. Because that was the, my favorite. I like that enchantress way better than the Cara Delvenier in her in her modeling glam outfit. That thing, yeah. Filthy Voodoo Cave Girl was awesome, yeah. yeah she are, reminded
2: me of the woman.
0: It also scans nicely, Filthy Voodoo Cave Girl. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah.
2: It's an R-rated concept, I guess. The female general of Spain gasps and crosses her boobs in horror. CCH Pounder's all, Go get her, girl! The witch casts a coffee-bubbling spell, then waves her hands. Suddenly, in a puff of smoke, a general looks down and suddenly notices a giant folder on the table in front of him. He's all, the Iranian nuclear program. I've been looking for this for weeks. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon's mm. all, can't we just use her to nuke Iran? The president raises his hand and goes, why do we need the Australian guy again? <laughs> CCH Pounder's <laughs> all, let's just say I put him in the hole and threw away the hole. And if they disavow all knowledge of us, we'll throw them under a bus, which will hurt all but two of them. The witch enchantress is still waving her hands around and starting to dance as see encounters all. All right, that's enough. She sticks a pencil (laughs) in a cursed scrotum and lets the air out of it with a hiss. So the enchantress gasps, transforms back into Dr. Moon. Dr. Moon's all, Jesus Christ, not even in prison. Why am I helping you? CCH counters all. Also, there's a guy who superpowers CG climbing and an Asian chick in a Halloween mask. You'll meet them when the plot calls for it. Oh, and the best special forces soldier ever made will be their feisty Caucasian leader. He's the witch's boyfriend. Long story probably. Might have played Robocop. Roland's all. I uh, vote we assemble the team in a montage as soon as we can officially as he talks, the camera dissolves to croc masturbator. <laughs> Some guards come in and go, all right, Stinky, come on, time to go somewhere and wait for a mission in a prison yard with other people. They pull Diablo out of a tube. As he starts to say something, the camera dissolves to Will Smith shooting at a bunch of targets with different firearms. (laughs) David Ayer. Ayer's? CCH Pounder and other guards exchange significant glances as Will Smith shoots stuff that say, he's not hitting anything, but you got to admire his enthusiasm. Finally, Will Smith sets the gun down, <laughs> turned to CCH Pounder and goes, I'm in under one condition. First, I want my daughter to have a record deal and have a number one lifetime achievement Grammy for singing about moving her hair. We'll talk about Jaden off screen. Meanwhile, in a room-shaped cave, the Joker's all... <laughs> Knock, knock, who's there? Aren't you glad I didn't say a little lady? Ha ha! He lies down in some knives and laughs. Camera loses interest. Beside me, Jesse Eisenberg leans over and goes, Jesus, Lito's really over the top in this. (laughs) Who directed them? Meanwhile, the witch slash enchantress possesses a black man to have a heart attack in a subway station and turn into a fire dinosaur. She calls her brother, so the cops get the suicide squad together in a different prison yard so they can board the same subpar-staffed helicopter. (laughs) CCH Pounder walks on screen in the prison yard and goes, By the way, the climbing character here is named Slipknot because he can climb any horizontal surface off screen. Slipknot gets out of a limo and punches a lady guard. As the male guard sighs at him in exasperation, he's all, What? She had a mouth! Margot Robbie gets out of a limo and goes, I hear voices in my head. Just kidding. They're not in my head. She bends over and giggles. What are my powers again? A guard hands her some hot pants and a croquet mallet. Another limo stops. An Asian girl gets out and puts half a Halloween mask on the wrong. <laughs> half Wheezing as her tongue drools from an eye hole, she strains to unsheathe a katana and looks at the camera. CCH pounders all. That's our Asian. Interestingly, she's named after the weapon she uses. Bei Ling. <laughs> this white man half-mask represents
0: something, white man! Oh, no.
2: If the movie's racist, dingus, you must have quit. Pounders all. all. Since we'll probably only be going up against CG in this, we figured bladed weapons won't be an issue. Brolin's all, yo, we leave in at least ten minutes. Will Smith's all, hey man, you need to work on your motivation. Y'all ever heard of Michael Jackson? Triangle, bitch. Brolin's all, behold the voice of God. He gestures, CCH Pounder comes on screen and doesn't say anything. Will Smith's all, guess y'all could say we're all characters being voiced by a stoner on the internet and some kind of suicide squapsis. Suddenly, the fire dinosaur starts using CG tendrils to throw cars around and ruin a woman's wedding. The bride's all, This is the worst day of my life! In a different war room from before, a general's all, Damn it, Admiral! I thought we had dinosaurs contained! The suicide squad gets in a helicopter and takes off slowly while the Guardians of the Galaxy theme starts playing, and the camera dissolves to a shot of it still slowly taking off from the same angle unspecified people shoot the helicopter down the second it's airborne. (laughs) (laughs) You had to cut something. It doesn't matter. The helicopter rolls over a thousand times and explodes. Margot Robbie gets out of it and goes, Whoa, this is fun. They wander around the somehow evacuated city trying to engage in repartee as the camera keeps dissolving before finally giving up and just scowling at us. <laughs> David Ayers stands up in front of me and goes, look, I only said we did reshoots. I didn't say they were usable. Suddenly slip nuts all, by the way, bye. He starts climbing up a nearby ladder while the guards crowd around it and shake their fists. Slip nuts all. So long, suck. His head accidentally blows up as the camera dissolves to Margot Roots saying, Talk about software. <laughs> she's joined Behar, But, you know, she starts beating the street with her mallet. Although no one's paying attention to her, she's all, What? I saw it move. She breaks a window and steals a shard of glass. Robocop's all, Your behavior strains the borders of propriety. She's all, What? In the row in front of me, a kid dressed as matter-eater lad sighs in annoyance and scoots away from David Ayers. Margot Robbie rides an elevator by herself up to a rooftop. On the way, CG attacks her, so she has to kill it with a bat. The elevator doors open. She's all, what? No one's paying attention. Suddenly, the Joker shows up in a helicopter. Margot Robbie jumps on board. Then he shoves her out and goes, here I come, too, (laughs) while the copter crashes and explodes. CCH Pounder rolls her eyes and says into her walkie-talkie, God, this movie, I mean, mission's a disaster. Can you send me a third helicopter, please? I don't want to walk down all these dumbass stairs. A helicopter shows up, picks her up, then instantly plummets away from the rooftop and crashes and rolls over like all the rest of it. <laughs> I look over at Ayers and go, hey, is it the same pilot who flew the plane in the gray? Robocop's all, come on, we have to go rescue her now, on foot. We're all out of helicopters. As they wander around somewhere, they encounter Margot Roby sprawled in some trash cans. She's all, What? Suddenly, Will Smith stops RoboCop from yawning and goes, Damn it, tell me the plot. If I think about my daughter one more time, I'm going to go nuts. RoboCop's all, Fine. Three days ago, this happened. As he starts to talk, the camera dissolves to Will Smith thinking about his daughter. <laughs> When he comes to RoboCop's all, that's why it's desirable to find CCH Pounder before she dies of her horrific helicopter crash injuries. They walk to a bar. As they order drinks, Will Smith's sighs, looks over at his daughter sitting beside him and goes, We almost pulled it off. As she starts to answer, the camera dissolves to ten minutes later as he's all, Most pulled it off. Their fat waitress leans in and goes, I'm your other daughter. You never think about me. Everyone raises their drinks. Diablo's all, Yo, like one time, my old lady and my kids giving me some lip, they say, about some fucking drugs and guns and decapitated heads I was keeping in my freezer, you know? So I burned them all alive. Everyone's all, uh oh, screw it. They raise their <laughs> drinks at another toast. Jay Courtney's all, oh, it was a wallaby bite me, really every time you open your mouth over there. Everyone's all, uh oh, screw it. Raise their drinks at another toast. Killer Croc's all, I'm beautiful. Suddenly, Robocop slides a stack of postcards over to Will Smith. He says, Your daughter writes you every day, by the way. Will Smith says, You had these the whole time and brought them on the mission and hung on to them? <laughs> Guess that means it's time for all of us to work together. They all walk outside and prepare for battle while Will Smith's daughter texts her friends. <laughs> Crocs all. I live underground, the rest of you are tourists. He jumps into some sewage and splashes around, choking and gurgling. Baling sobs all over her sword. White man, why are you in there? Jake <laughs> Courtney looks at her, stops polishing his boomerang and his captain's stripes, and nudges Will Smith. Boy, what's with the Sheila? Will Smith saw. Her husband's also a sword. Margot Robbie's all huh? and smirks suddenly the camera dissolves to the witch slash enchantress as she starts stripping and dancing and casting
1: fireballs
2: (laughs) Robocop's all God I still love her half as much Will Smith's all y'all need to smack that ass and tell that bitch this shit's gonna get real yo the witch is all I've been waiting for you all night step out of the shadows I won't bite some subtitles are all parentheses poetically Robocop's all Everybody hold on your boomerang She looks like she's gonna say something The enchantress is all Here are your character's motivations (laughs) (laughs) She waves her hands around Then sensuously forms the letters C and G Out of her thumbs Will (laughs) Smith fantasizes about wearing a cowboy hat And looking at Ben Affleck's chin (laughs) Margot Robbie fantasizes that she's curlers, and Jared Leto is getting ready to leave her alone with their two screaming kids as he heads on a long business trip with a briefcase.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Robocop fantasizes that his wife's nagging him in bed. Diablo dreams that he's bored his kids to sleep on a couch while his wife nags him. She hands him an empty beer bottle and scowls. She's all, you said those tattoos on your face were temporary. What's the skull have to do with fire anyway? Suddenly, Ling, who has no fantasy, screams something incomprehensible in English, <laughs> then tricks the fire dinosaur by cutting off his hand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: had to gloss over some things. Just like yours.
3: So did they? Yeah. Yeah, I had to reshoot.
2: (laughs) Diablo looks at the fire dinosaur, and he's all, Hey, Essay, I have one family. I don't want another one. Closing his eye tattoos, he uses the fire in his hands against the fire demon. (laughs) (laughs) The fire demon tricks him by kicking him in the face. Will Smith (laughs) tries his power of shooting small bullets at the fire dinosaur, but it uses the same trick. (laughs) The Mexicans all, This is for... The camera dissolves as he says his wife's name. He turns into some twigs with fire on them and lets the dinosaur choke him. He looks over at the suicide squad and goes, Do it now and tell my wife she's dead. Robocop's all, GQ! The suicide squad attacks the dinosaur with their usual methods until it explodes into more fire and CG. The enchantress screams, (laughs)
3: Hermano!
2: All. My sword has been established as useless,
0: but I can still do reaction shots.
2: <laughs> the explosion turns back into CG and attacks a satellite, then an aircraft carrier. <laughs> Brolin picks <up> the <laughs> 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 That's the money shots. Berlin picks up someone else's phone and screams into it. How's it know which ocean our aircraft carriers are in? On the rooftop, ro- Robo cops all, I think we gotta cut her sack out. Will Smith turns his back on the Enchantress while she lunges at him, but luckily an unspecified character shouts, Will, look out! So he raises his arm to deflect the enchantress's swords. <laughs> with his arm... Finally, at the last second, the crocodile throws a can of oysters in slow-mo at the CG while Will Smith thinks about his daughter just long enough to shoot a bullet at it. As it starts to explode, the camera dissolves to Will Smith helping his daughter do a math problem. (laughs) (laughs) See, baby, if there are infinite circumferences, it's not really (laughs) infinite, is it? Makes the word meaningless, something stupid. So you wouldn't put that, baby doll. As she starts to tell him she loves him, the camera dissolves to Croc, standing in front of sewage. He looks at us, then turns around, gets on all fours, and submerges. A second later, he comes back up, puking and choking. The camera dissolves to Slipknot's decapitated body, then to Jake Courtney in Australia. He picks up a boomerang, drops it off a cliff, turns around, smiles at a kangaroo, and approaches it, unzipping his pants. As we dissolve the CCH pounder, about to eat a spoonful of soup, she looks at us annoyed as we hastily dissolve to Ling, eating some watermelon. Beside me, Dingus stands up and goes,
1: SLICE! <laughs> oh, jeez.
2: <laughs> the camera falls from Dingus to Margot Roby in a jail cell making espresso, which her character suddenly enjoys. <laughs> goes, what? Suddenly, some cops show up, kill all the guards, and shoot the espresso machine. One cop comes in and takes off his gas mask, revealing he's really Jared Leto without makeup. He's all, yeah, uh, I survived the helicopter. As he talks, the camera dissolves to me standing outside the theater. As Zack Snyder leans over the Suicide Squad poster, smirks at the tagline, worst heroes ever, then scribbles out the word heroes and replaces it with movie. Suddenly he catches David Ayer's dissolving into view beside him, scowling. Ayer's is all, how's JLA coming? The camera dissolves.
0: The end. (laughs) Why do you think David Ayer directed The Grey?
3: Yeah, why do you keep saying that?
2: Oh, I thought he did.
0: Joe no.
3: Carnahan. It's Joe Carnahan.
0: Oh, I thought you guys said last week it was the gray guy. No. Kelly one, go back and do the synopsis over. Do it right this time. <laughs> no, I think it's better this way. <laughs> <laughs> you directed the
3: gray and mine the first. Well, he has, like, no names in, in common with Joe Carnahan, but why not?
0: <laughs> it just seems like something you'd do. <laughs> well, there actually is, uh, what is that silly, uh, Smoke and Aces. I mean, I guess there is some oh, continuity between yeah. Smoke and Aces, and I, I could see that in Suicide Squad. Uh, Certainly, isn't Ben Affleck in that? Yes, and he gets killed, which is amazing. That's the best thing Chris Pine has ever done is be in a movie where he kills Ben Affleck and gets Ben Affleck out of the movie early on. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, I guess. What's the one where Dane Cook dies? Mr Well Mr. uh, Brooks is the one where he wants to understudy yeah, with Kevin Costner and right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the movie where a bunch of people get stuck underground with Dane Cook for months and they all go mad, basically.
2: Uh, uh, did you see the Dane Cook movie with Rodman as an unorthodox Interpol agent?
0: I did Davis. not. Is that – I didn't – know? what is it? Did you say Rodman uh, as uh, in Dennis yeah, God, Rodman of Double yeah,
2: Dennis,
3: yeah, yeah. He's
2: an action hero in it and he's like – he's an Interpol agent.
0: And Dane Cook, is it his sidekick? Is that the Yeah, he's the Rob Schneider part who's always going, oh, I'm scared. This mm. thing's going to crash. I'd rather think that Dane Cook is to Dennis Rodman what Olivia Thirlby was to Carl Urban and Judge Dredd.
3: Oh, uh, <laughs> <There> you.
2: <laughs> also blonde, like Rodman. Oh, very good. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Suicide Squad. We saw it. All right. Uh, I'm going to go to bat. I mean, I don't know about going to bat for like it. But
3: the best tagline of all of them. We saw it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> One
2: hundred fifty. Wait, you so said you're going to bat, Tom?
0: No, I it's, liked it. I liked it. I, uh, <laughs> I really liked it. Um, I think it's a it's a mess, but that's part of why I liked it. You know uh, what?
2: I didn't, I didn't like it, but it's not as bad. Like it's it's no worse than Thor too. Like it's there's a lot of like most comic movies are not that great, and this one's like on a par with them.
0: Like it's I liked it more than Batman versus Superman. Uh, I liked it more than the Marvel movies that you guys really like. That I didn't Ew, see like. Ew! What? The, well, because I think uh, like the, the Captain America ones that I don't like take themselves pretty seriously, and as far as like you know, we're gonna have a message, and it's gonna be pertinent to other things, and none of that really works for me. Um, and I think it saps a lot of the energy out of those movies for for me personally. And there was nothing like that here. Like this movie didn't really try to do anything serious. It was just a goof from beginning to end, uh, and and. Perhaps most importantly, I thought it was actually paced pretty well. Um, they're just constantly throwing new characters out and having these little set pieces, and even if they don't all work and if some of them make no sense, and, and in a way, it was kind of the appeal. Um, so yeah, thumbs up for me. Kelly Wan didn't like it. Dingus, I'm guessing this wasn't your uh, your uh, particular bag of. This wasn't your bag. I'll
3: just my say. bag of tea. Is that what you're gonna say? It was what not my bag of tea. <laughs> No, I think this is a total piece of crap. I can't stand this, and I think it's horrible. I think it's a horrible movie. Uh-huh. I can't stand it. I mean, there are things that I did really like about it, but I think the things I like about it are bad, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I Oh, God, I can't stand this thing. I'm so surprised to hear that you liked it at all. Uh, but I know that you were enjoying it while we were watching it. But, oh, my God, I cannot stand this thing. I think it's, it's a horrible – like, okay, it, it, to be fair um, – you you guys liked it?
0: No, right? Kelly didn't. Kelly's well, Kelly's. It looks like Kelly is between you and and I, dingus. Right, Kelly. Won't I like to, I like Tom's thesis, but it, I don't think
2: it's fun. Like Tom sounded like he enjoyed watching it, and I found most of it kind of dutiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they should have reshot more. <laughs>
0: So, Dingus, this is once again a battle for the soul of Kelly Wand. Will you win him over over this podcast, or will I? Well, I, I
3: think you will probably win him over. But Maybe. we we have a listener named Chris Brawley who wrote in, and he he said something that's interesting because it's it, it kind of leads to things that I wanted to get in and talk about. Uh, and he says that it turned out to be a bit of a disappointment for him, but what he thought it was a fun hybrid. But he hoped it would be a fun hybrid of Deadpool and Guardians of the Galaxy, which I had no idea it was going to have anything to do with this because I I don't go into these movies uh, figuring out what's going on, and I don't know the properties involved. Uh, I don't watch the trailers or whatever. Um, But uh, Chris Brawley says it turned out to be a cool concept in search of an actual story. But he, he, again, sounds like he's kind of in between you two guys. I don't know.
2: I think they rushed it. Like it's it's just too sloppy for me to like. But in mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, they they lingered over Guardians of the Galaxy a lot. They took their time with it, and it kind of showed in the final product.
3: And well,
0: this, d- yeah. J- there's nobody of of uh, not Jamie Gunn. Yeah, Jamie Gunn. No, James, James Gunn. There's James nobody Gunn. of James Gunn. Jamie Gunn. Jamie Gunn. Yeah, it's not not he not the guy who keeps who skins women in his basement. No, the guy who made dumb, them, yeah. yeah. Uh, but there, there's n- not at all that level of sort of quality and keen insight into humor and character. Like this can't hold a candle, of course, to Guardians of the Galaxy. And but it's oddly trying enough, that's well, the thing try, is, I didn't even yeah. I didn't even think of that watching it. I mean, I, I was thinking more of like mm-hmm. this, the Marvel Civil War. I was thinking more of jamming comic book properties together that don't necessarily. Bo- I mean, I don't know. If, is it, I guess this is a real comic book, but I know individually of some of these characters. Other ones, I have no idea who they are. I know that Guardians of the Galaxy have belonged together and have been fit together even though they have their own origins uh, for some time. I'm just so, talking about the movie-making things. That, right, right, right. The, as like, far as the, Like the music, like
3: every character sure, as, sure. They're, as they're being introduced has a specific mu- a piece of music that sounds like it's been plucked from the Forrest Gump soundtrack
0: well, now, uh, I, and
3: thrown I, out. And then the, that final moment, it, it's totally Guardians of the Galaxy and trying for it. I think this movie is really reaching for a Guardians of the Galaxy thing and, yeah. and I think failing utterly. But I'm interested to hear what you have to say, Tom.
0: Yeah, I didn't think cuz the Guardians of the Galaxy music it's so carefully uh yeah. Yeah. a Peter Quinn's tape that he got from his mom. Like it's yeah, not yeah. it's not like there's not a in this movie it's just hey we're going to give each character a cool intro song uh as we introduce them and you know we're just going to forget about that. But I thought the music in Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't at all like they they do here. Like Guardians of the Galaxy the music is so carefully calculated to be from a specific time, it, it's almost a plot piece. The music, you know. The, no,
3: I totally the take, agree with you. Yeah, and that's
0: not the case here at all. They're just throwing, and and right. that's where and, I appreciate yeah. some of the energy. Is they're just throwing, hey, let's let's put you know paranoid at this bit, and let's do House of the Rising Sun here, and uh. But it's right. all arbitrary. Sure, sure, absolutely. And that's, that's why it feels
3: it feels like it's a it's a pale imitation of that. Yeah, and also what they're doing is trying to it, do what the what. Guardians was true. In over.
2: Guardians, you kind of right. had a sense of how all the characters felt about each other, and in this, I don't know what the fuck... I think we need to see a little more of the Joker-Harley Quinn relationship get... Oh, well, that part... So, it. yeah, that's
0: the... We, I just... Whatever... That seems kind of critical.
3: Whatever. Why is that critical? Because I, I think that that... Is the, the main... That is the thing... That is the linchpin that makes me hate this movie. I think that the inclusion of the Joker um, in this particular form or at all... Uh, and not doing something else with Joker or the idea of the Joker and Harley Quinn um, is the reason this movie fails for me. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that, Kelly. Uh,
2: just She's she's a very important character, and she's on the fence about whether she's with the group or not because of her love for the Joker. But we don't know anything about their relationship at all or like what she was like before – We don't really get any of that, and so I don't really know who these characters are for the whole movie, which annoys me. That's what annoyed me about episode seven is like I didn't – I couldn't – there were way too many blanks about Ray for me to invest in her character, and in this, it's just like that times like five or six. And the characters that – like there's not much mystique for the Will Smith character, but he's just kind of boring. But the Margot Robbie character is kind of – She's very she's in the movie quite a bit and her relationship with the Joker is apparently in the book in the comic books. Like she's very subservient. And I wasn't
0: sure if that's necessarily what they were trying to go for with the character in the movie. So that for me was a weak point. Is I I, I actually do have a little bit of baggage here because of, of video games. Like there have been some really, really good Batman video games where Harley Quinn has figured in prominently. Uh and I kind of do, oddly enough, have this expectation about who Harley Quinn is and what a relationship is to the Joker. Uh, and I just thought all of that – like, first of all, the main problem here is Jared Leto. It was – I mean he was just trying to do Heath Ledger's voice and this weird pansexuality that seemed like it was at a Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, and he was just pushing it way too hard yeah. and the makeup was overdone. I just thought Jared Leto was, was terrible in this and specifically that visualization of the Joker. Um, and I know that when David Ayer released some some early promotional stills of the Joker, people criticized the Joker as being like this insane clown posse, you know, trying too hard, edgy representation. And I didn't care. I was looking forward to seeing what he came up with. What I didn't know is that he was just going to be trying to do some kind of half-assed Heath Ledger, and it just made me miss the interpretation that Heath Ledger brought to it. So first of all, I hated the Joker in this. Um, Margot Robbie I was fantastic. I thought she was just so good at being kind of the comic relief, at playing up just the sexuality in, in otherwise in this otherwise kind of brotastic plot um, mm. of just a bunch of dudes doing stuff, and there's this hot chick in the middle of it. Um, but more importantly, what I've taken away from what little I know about Harley Quinn is there's a really weird dynamic between them, where the Joker kind of doesn't care about her. Right. Uh, and she is just completely willing to, to literally die for him. And it's this weird, uncomfortable – Kelly, why don't you use the word subservience? And it's this weird, uncomfortable subservience. It's this unrequited love. She's just insane and he couldn't care less. Um, <laughs> there, was a, there was a video game that came out in uh, 2009 or something. It was like World of Warcraft where you play just a random superhero in an open world game. It's an, it was an, a massively multiplayer, on, multiplayer online game called DC Online. And when you jump into it every now and then, you have like a Joker with uh, with Batman and then you have a, a mission with uh, Superman or whatever. And the intro for this is just this crazy elaborate CG battle between all these characters, like Superman comes in, and then Black Adam fights him, and Giant Girl comes in, and then Green Lantern fights Giant Girl, and then Lex Luthor punches Green Lantern, and then Brainiac comes down. And I don't know who half of these people are, but it's kind of cool. It's very well done, super energetic, just throwing different characters at the screen. And there's a really weird moment where Harley Quinn is helping the Joker shoot at Batman, and there's an explosion that goes off. and. When it cuts back to the rubble, the Joker gets out and he throws Harley Quinn's body off of him as if she has shielded him from the explosion. And he just walks away like he couldn't care less that she got killed. And it's this really weird moment. Um, so th- there was no inter- – like the, this just idea that they're just crazy in love supervillains. It was just – I just had a really weak interpretation of what I have previously found a weird, interesting relationship. Uh, and I was super disappointed at that. Yeah. Uh, but mainly Jared Leto is – God, and I know you weren't into it too, Dingus. It was just so painfully bad. Well, it, it,
3: it's painfully bad for me. Um, because I, I mean I have a lot of feelings about this. I think this is – I mean for me, one of the linchpins of why I can't stand this movie is that is this particular inclusion of this character and this performance and the casting of it. Um, and I, I, I've been – I've been just – going over this in my head. Why Why do I feel this way? I've been trying to recast it. I've been trying to eliminate it. I've been trying to figure it out, because I don't know the comics the way you do from, as you've talked about, from the video games, Tom, which these things make a lot more sense, because one of the few things I liked about what Jared Leto was doing was, or what the character was doing, was actually being emotionally involved, which doesn't make any sense, based on what you're talking about. Um, based against the whole idea of losing heath <laughs> ledger. Uh and I was sort of talking this out with uh with Alexandra, who's a who's a friend of all of ours, and she talked about this concept called Uncanny Valley. Have you heard about this?
0: Uh yeah. Uh, I'm curious how this applies. But yeah, absolutely, sure.
3: So it's this it's this idea of 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 um the way a human replica, if it's or a robot, if it's just a regular robot, will accept it. Uh if it's Slightly like a human, it makes us feel weird uh, and so when I talked about how I felt about jared leto 's performance, which I think he 's trying for something, but he 's still doing a weird sort of Heath ledger kind of a voice but it, it, yeah his voice his his hair's a little shorter, and he 's got weird teeth that 's nice um, but it's it 's still that in that uncanny valley it 's still a little too close. <laughs> To what I know to be the Joker, and I wish they just would have eliminated it. I wish they just would have gone another way. And we talked about this, you know, when we were because we, we were on our way home. We talked about this, you know, you know, I I I could think of any one of the characters from Silicon Valley that I would rather have in that role, male or female.
0: Tell Tell I, Kelly Wand who, who you're, what you came up with, Dingus. Imagine this, Kelly Wand. Go ahead, Dingus. As a Joker. Well, well, well I.
3: Kelly, you remember uh, watching uh, Ghostbusters? He knows Silicon Valley, yeah. too, I think.
0: Yeah. Oh, that guy? Yeah. Like a Zach Wood. Imagine As a, a Zach Wood Joker. I mean, it would be completely different. It would be a different interpretation. And that, no, isn't that, that's what – like the Heath Ledger Joker we saw, I don't know where he got that. Yeah. It wasn't Jack Nicholson's Joker. It was a wholesale right. creation. It was beautiful. So, yeah, Dingus, absolutely. Yeah, Like a Zach Wood Joker, it would be completely different. It wouldn't be like anything, I guess, from the comic books. How weird would I,
3: I, that be? Or, or Martin, voice, or, or Martin Starr, or Kamel Nunjani or even um, <laughs> Thomas Middleditch, or uh, Suzanne Crier. You could you could do, you could do a, a woman in that part and have her totally fall for a woman. You could do so many other things, and just do if you want to keep the Joker as a character, have it be. Have her be called or him be called the Joker in an ironic way, and but still be doing all these weird, hatching all these weird plans and and things, and that's why they're called the Joker, but they don't get the joke. I don't know. There's there's so many other things you could do or eliminate the character. But I was so distracted by how awful Jared Leto's <laughs> characterization was that.
0: But that's it, the right. It knocked me defense. out of the movie. See, Kelly, one. I don't think it's necessarily the writing. I think Jared Leto, like Jared Leto, always- is. Uh, Jared Leto is, is, is fine in certain things. He's a great-looking kid. Uh, Requiem for a Dream where he's just supposed to be a strung-out junkie. He's, he's, he's great. He's got this connection with uh, Jennifer Connelly in that that's good. Yeah. But as far as any sort of range, like I think the reason he's good in Dallas Buyers Club is because he's a, he's a good-looking, vain fella, and that doesn't necessarily relate to any masculinity or femininity. So to make him a, a transgender character, it totally works in Dallas Buyers Club, and he's great as, as that. Um but I, I think as an actor, he's just not someone of Heath Ledger or Jack Nicholson's depth or capability it's or Marilyn talent Manson. or experience. It is a Marilyn Manson thing. But so he I don't think he really brings any interpretation at all.
3: No, it, this right. Joker – You're absolutely is,
0: right, yeah. It's an actor it's, out of his depth who has no – who really has no interpretation of the character, is mimicking someone else's voice, and is slathered in makeup. That's all there is to all it. Well, that's true. But Heath Ledger got a
2: whole movie to play around in.
0: And but he I think he's awesome also work. being asked to do something that's unfair, yeah, I mean, yeah. To, right right. that's what I'm saying and, and and to the movie's credit, though, I don't think he's in it. I, I was so relieved that he wasn't in it that much. like I, he's in yeah, it, he's kind of right. pivotal, but oh my gosh, I'm so glad there wasn't more of him. Uh, you know, if there're deleted scenes lying around with more joker stuff, leave them deleted. <laughs> like I was well, that was a saving yeah. grace for me well, uh, well
3: the, the, what's scary about the ending is that it seems like that's where they're leading to. Like, uh, he's he's come to take her away, and now we're going to have a movie with the two of them. I that's
0: wonder fine. if that is the takeaway, Dingus, is that, hey, this did really well. Let's now put a lot more Joker in it. Uh, that's, I that's, see. that's what they
3: had to have to have promised him to be. Able, I mean, he's an Academy Award winner, so they're, they have to be promising him, when this does well, there will be things for you going forward. Uh, right? well, we, we'll
0: retcon it as usual. We do know, so it's kind of funny. So – uh uh, Warner has left conspicuously left slots open in their DC lineup that are to be announced, and I would not be the least bit surprised to see one of these becoming a Joker movie. I hope not. Oh God! Because I, I feel. I mean, uh, it makes oh, my I, skin crawl. It makes my skin crawl.
3: Every whenever, whenever he came on screen, it it wasn't just. It was whenever his whenever he did his voice, it made it it. I don't know how other other than saying it made my skin crawl it was just it was but, too creepy. it's just it's creepy it's its not
0: <sighs> but not creepy in a good way Ding. it's like I would no. love a creepy uh, joker I would love a joker no. and Heath Ledger did part of this I would love a joker who's genuinely disturbing and some no, no, of the, that's not what I mean by creepy what no, I, no mean, I know I, I know and, yeah. and some of the pictures of Jared Leto by the way the, just the stills it really does look like something out of a horror movie and I'm like yeah sweet let's see what he's going to do with that but just none of it lives up. It's creepy because it's just bad and it doesn't fit, right. and it just feels like him pushing really too hard. It's like watching, yeah. It, it's it's not creepy in a good way, um, which is what the Joker should be and could be. Um, well, I want to ask you guys then. So, Margot Robbie, obviously a beautiful woman, we you know you can see the kind of range she has from Wolf of Wall Street, Z for Zachariah. How did you guys feel about what she brought to this movie?
2: Um. She's good in it. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. She's she's good comic relief, and she's a good actress. And she was trying something um, – I was a little puzzled, maybe just because I don't know the character, though. Like she has a New York accent, but she was supposed to be like this really cultured psychiatrist
0: before yep. that. And I think that's part of the, the, the disconnect is she begin, She begins as a super-together, super-intellectual. Right. And, and the, the Harley Quinn character is doing this little girl baby doll stuff that yeah. is completely – different from what she used to be before she fell in love with the joker yeah because he gave her shock treatments i actually don't know the origin story that well like i i don't know if that's canon or what is canon like is it because of the shock treatments? did she fall in a vat did she do all this of her that's own the thing this is why th- this to me is why i give jared
2: leto a little bit of a pass is because the marvel movies with the exception of okay x-men was kind of a different thing but like they all like all those heroes got their own movies, and then they made the ensemble movies, so we already know who these characters were. Yeah, but right Warner Brothers is making these ensembles first, so they have to shoehorn in all these fucking origin well, stories.
0: Well, they're not. I mean, they're doing that with this, but that, that's yeah. not what happened, like with Batman versus Superman. Uh, but,
3: but even you know, that,
0: though, but
3: Avengers set. comes after like that whole. Thing that we were worried about of all, like the right. Iron Man and the other right. movies, getting bolted yeah. to one big movie.
0: No, you're right. I mean, they're definitely playing catch up. That's I mean it's Sort point. of like, yeah, we have to get. But if you look, I mean, they're given, you know, like Aquaman's getting his own movie. You know, the whole the whole yeah, schedule. But, you know, there's a, there's a cyborg movie on the mm. slot on the on there's, right there's, right. Yeah. But the, none of those characters were shown to very good advantage
2: in. Batman vs. Superman, and now they're like, fuck, everyone hates the characters, we've got to change everything. But it's like if you'd given – if you'd done the solo movie first and seen if that was a hit, like you would have – that's how Marvel did it. Right. So it's like – and having a new Joker we've never seen before – oh, and by the way, I read somewhere that Harley – there's like when Harley Quinn's introduced – there's like the text on screen is supposed to tell you that oh she's the one who killed Robin in Batman versus Superman, but that's not even like. Covered. Well, the text
3: on screen is so fast in this, I couldn't. That's what I'm saying. It's such right, a so quick joke, true. I can't. I can't even tell what the joke is.
2: Yeah, so it's like they're they're rushing past stuff that would be compelling if we knew about it, but instead that's just like oh yeah, but they in, instead they just give us like these the, uh, these endless fucking CG fights that they always do.
3: But it, to answer your question, Tom, about how i felt about um her in particular mm-hmm. uh, i felt very much the way you guys talked about kate mckinnon in ghostbusters <laughs> um and i feel that uh, Well, she was doing all this. She was doing all this over the top, interesting stuff. I think hers is a little more grounded than Kate McKinnon, um, because I didn't believe that was. I know that. (laughs) Wow. No, no, I get what you're saying. I didn't believe that was a character, but I believe this is a character, and I really believed what what Margot Robbie was doing. And actually, you know, as weird as it sounds, I I loved Will Smith and her most, even though I think Will Smith is totally wrong for the part he's playing. Yeah. Uh, I think he's hilarious. I think he's – I, I like the things that he's doing, but I think he's absolutely wrong. But that's because I relate him to the way that Deadpool comes across because I, I just don't believe that this guy who has this relationship with his daughter that he supposedly has and it, is this grounded a guy and this charming and gorgeous has to resort to this life. I mean, he could do anything. I I just don't believe that, but I believe, he has to say, I uh, I don't speak good. Resort to that life. I don't believe that, that Deadshot has to resort to this life. I don't believe it. I don't believe the character, even though I love my, my most relieved moments were when Will Smith was making jokes or being earnest, even though I don't like the way it works. Um, and her, uh, Margot Robbie, I, I mean, I like how committed she is to it. I like how happy she is, how joyful she is. How there's this weird undercurrent of 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 pain that she's constantly being able to somehow emanate. Um, I I really liked it, but I still sort of equated with with uh, Kate McKinnon in Ghostbusters in that it seems like, what's that character over there doing?
0: Well, I, I'm sure the wardrobe helped draw your eye as well, Dingus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there there, there uh, was this one, like, burn after
3: using thing that she had on her wardrobe in the beginning that I really liked burn after using or something. Oh, right, right,
0: yeah. Uh, I, I, I got a keen sense of how, which I think it's easy to forget based on some of his recent movies, how Will Smith really is a value-added proposition. Like he yeah. – uh, whether the part was right for him or not and believable, I mean – I, this to me is what comic book movies are uh, believability like the outrageousness and the silliness of it and the squandered opportunity for character connections or any sort of meaningful connections eh, I'm okay with that if you just show me enough flashy stuff yeah whatever uh, but but if, if you have a good cast as well like Margot Robbie uh, Will Smith like the scene where they give him the guns I loved that bit and it just I really liked the character after that I, I don't Deadshot I don't I have no idea what that is and I don't I, I don't. Is he the counterpart to Deadpool, Kelly Wand? Because that didn't even occur to me. But Dingus is probably right. He didn't seem like he was doing jokes, though. He just seemed like he was doing his most. No, language.
3: no. Yeah, the funniest things in the movie are when he says them. It's right, not, right. He's that not, not doing meta
0: humor though. Like the, the whole, yeah. the whole Deadpool thing is meta humor. But I'm wondering, isn't Deadpool though from or no, maybe double, it's vice versa.
3: Double it for being a dickhead. I mean, come on.
0: Isn't Deadpool from a DC character or vice versa? And is this? Is is Deadshot the one I'm thinking of, Kelly Wand, or do you know what I'm talking about?
3: Uh
0: I don't know the connection. Well there was a there's I there a there's was a, a connection
3: between them that one of them was a reaction to the other.
0: Yeah, because I, I thought I, you had I, told it. right. I didn't know it was Deadshot, but I, I Oh, oh, uh Death Is it
3: no, no it's death I thought Deadpool and Deadshot were so, related
0: no, they're the name. Like what I think, if I'm remembering it correctly, and I'd have to go back. Uh, but I think Deadpool was a direct riff on a DC character named Deathstroke, uh, and and oh. it's even at the point where Deadpool's name is uh, oh shoot Harry Wade. Oh, what's his name? You guys know, Wade. Oh shoot. Even their names uh, of their human being, their their human personas, their non superhero personas are that direct. But oh, it- you're right. Because this guy's name's Floyd. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's Deadshot, but you're right, Dingus. I mean, looking at him, I mean, I think that he's the comic relief. It, the fact that it's not meta humor is it, fine. I don't think that that's neither here nor there. But he's definitely a Deadpool, hey, I'm going to be a funny, badass with guns kind of guy. I mean, that that's definitely That's too,
2: though. Like, yeah, yeah. And but, in the comics, like, Robert Downey Jr. made Iron Man funny, but in the comics, Iron Man's not funny at all. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what source material for Deadshot is. I'm not really a DC guy.
0: But,
3: but I, well, how do, how do you feel about the the daughter stuff with Deadshot then, Tom?
0: Uh, just throw away. You know, here's a basic yeah. motivation that anybody can sort of understand. It's for the cheap seats. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just shorthand for here's why he's a nice guy and you should care about him. I actually here's yeah. another. I thought that was another weak point though. Is I wish they had been more uh, anti heroes because they were just straight up heroes for the most right. part. Right. Um, right. Even his bit, like, when he didn't shoot Margot Roby, I was like, oh, you're just making him a hero. But then later he explains, I don't shoot women and children. But still, I wish they had done more. That. I, I wish hate they'd, that thing about hitmen. Uh, I wish they had done more anti-hero stuff, though. I wish this had been, and that's why I say I wish this had been R-rated. Like, I would have loved to have yeah. seen these characters and this level of energy and production value applied to darker material, or at least material that was willing to be violent or crass. Um, you know, I was... Certainly happy with the level of sexuality. Like you had that. That I didn't need to see her naked. Like that was fine how scantily clad she was, how beautiful and sexual she was, but I would have liked this to have darker themes, more anti hero. Yeah, and they hint at it and then they they jack you out of it. I know, it's they, like, they do. And it's like Dingus is mean dissolve, they, jack they literally you out of dissolve it.
2: away. Well it's like but Dingus it, she,
3: because, does, she doesn't care about it. I mean she No, no. She, when she's introduced
2: she's, in that Yeah. Go ahead. Well, the first scene where she's in the jail cell, and then the guards come in, it dissolves the second they come into the cell. And it's oh, like, with,
0: with brick. All right, yeah. Well, I think she's the only one though that actually follows through with this anti-hero ness. Like when she is saying, like she's the only one that actually seems morally bankrupt. Everyone else, when Will Smith, as being as pointed out, when Will Smith says, "I don't speak good guy," you know, the, your reaction is, "Dude, you are the yeah. you're the protagonist of the movie. You're not tricking right. us." You haven't done anything really morally bankrupt other than kill some sleazebag mobster. You know, if he'd been like killing a nice-looking fellow who was friendly, you know, the movie's not going to do that. He's going to kill someone right, in yeah. that flashback who's who's not sympathetic, who's oily and obviously deserves kills. Deserves yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and that was also an issue I kind of had with Deadpool. Is in these movies, you know, we can't have these heroes kill people who don't deserve to get killed because they're heroes, and we don't want the audience, you know. God forbid the audience doesn't like these people. They do something that the audience thinks is mean. Um, so I just wish it had done that more because I'm but guessing – they had Viola Davis shoot those people who were cleared. Well, she's the bad guy. Viola Davis is yeah. the
2: villain.
3: And I no, I didn't. Actually, yeah. Viola Davis is the Joker character, and I wish they just would have done that <laughs> because when she shoots those guys in the room, that's totally a Joker
0: move. And that's not so. Exact. That's something that one of them should have done. Yeah, and then they get appalled by it. They're like, wow, right, right, that's not <laughs> yeah. cool. Like Will Smith gives her shit for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. It's uh,
2: like what he's the mo- he. And that's the thing that's annoying is like he's referred to as the most feared, awesome contract killer. But all we see is him being decent and nice.
0: And again, I wonder I if that's I think like that is is that a Will Smith thing? Like, does Will Smith partly. have a problem? Not I mean, not have a problem. But is he one of those celebrities? Whose agents or whomever, maybe him himself, are really worried about uh, his reputation. Like they don't want him playing someone who would kill women and children. Well, I don't know if that's absolutely. The case. I'm it's sure gotta it's true. be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, imagine
3: a contract killer having to put out, a, having to have a contract put out on a kid. Right. And you can imagine that happening, but. Bill Smith's not going to do that.
0: And it's not going to be in a $200 million blockbuster. Some are $10 million yep. either. So, yeah, yeah, certainly right. Certainly. So that, that I, I really I, – I wish there had been more of that, but I kind of understand why there wasn't. Uh, but, I don't like that because it's implying a you shortage don't. of – You, you uh, and me both, Kelly Wan, but come on. Seriously, with the money and the celebrity – You know what it is? It
2: implies that the actor can't can't, can't hack it. Like Denzel Washington can play the I disagree, so Kelly Wan.
0: It, imply, it implies that the American public can't hack it. Well, the Ameri- maybe they can, though. A pu- no, no, no. <laughs> the American public does not want to see Will Smith and, – and you and I, Kelly, right. well, we're not representative of this – but the American public does not want to see Will Smith play a morally bankrupt character who would kill women and children. But
2: then they sell it to you like that, like the same way they did with Mel Gibson and Payback, but then they always
0: had him – they was like softened. I kind of think – how do you say they sell it Jason to us? Though? I mean that's that's the premise of this – I'm assuming this is an actual comic book. That's the premise of this story that the movie backpedals from. Yeah. Uh, so right. assuming okay, so they true. buy the property and then they make it more palatable for America. Uh, and you guys like you and me tell you that screwed. Right, right. We wished it had been something darker, you know, but we'll always have James Gunn's super, you know, for for that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. But it would okay. be bold. I did not know, I had no idea, and this is this is an instance where ignorance is bliss. I had no idea that was Jai Courtney. Uh <laughs> it wasn't until the credits. I didn't know he was in it with the credits, you know. And I was wondering, who's that boomerang guy? They got some new guy from Australia who I've never seen before. He's probably some mixed martial arts fighter. Uh, you know, I need to check out his name in the credits. And I was like, oh my god, I've been watching Jai Courtney the whole time. Your favorite terminator. Oh. So <laughs> I'm also not clear. It seemed like his character trait was that he kept wanting to leave the group. Yeah, I don't know what what is his power?
3: Throwing a thing that he can't rooms. do anything with? Yeah, did he even throw it? Or being
0: crazy? Really? What is his power? so I kept thinking yeah his trait was that he, sh- he wants to leave and just drink beer but he kept coming back which I think is yeah. why he's called boomerang is he uh. he doesn't leave and he, he does stick around but no and also the boomerangs he threw they never did the thing that a boomerang does yeah. just that yeah. he does kill someone like he throws it at someone and then he throws his little uh, his little drone spy drone boomerang and the the fireman shoots it down uh, but it's yeah like
3: the, the it, way it, this it, whole meta MetaHuman X-Project <laughs> thing. Right, human. Right. Are these guys all supposed to have powers? What is? What are their powers? Margot Robbie doesn't powers have powers are. either. Yeah, Bruce I mean, Wayne. I understand Baxter, Maxi, what power Ro- Man's powers are, but what Tom is saying about Boomerang, what are his powers?
0: I don't know. Because, like, Flash actually has a power... Margot Robbie doesn't – isn't she supposed to have gotten powers from falling in the vat of chemicals with Joker? What powers? Oh, what? She her powers what? are using a baseball bat?
3: What are her yeah. powers? She's I mean, it's
0: just, it's she's, super, she's super tough. Well, what you're looking at, Dingus, here really is DC is just a collection of comic books that different people write different stories, and they're all under the DC umbrella, and here – for some reason, the movie wants to give us some blanket term for what they are. I doubt metahumans is really a strong concept in the comics. I think that's just again something they're selling in this movie version of all these people put together. But you're right, boomerang is just a dude with with boomerangs, right? Yeah. I
3: metahumans was was some sort of thing that they came to because because nobody could decide who gets to use uh, mutant the the term mutant. Right. Right.
0: Right. Right. But it's the same. It's the same. Like Marvel has stuff like that. Like people in Marvel don't all have superpowers. Like Ant Man, he just has a suit, right? Um,
3: Oh yeah. But but the X Men all have powers, and they're mutants. Yeah, they're
0: mutants. And And I think that
3: metahumans are supposed to be the corollary, and that's why they call them the
0: X Project. Exactly. And I think that's what they're going for: is this idea that there's a reason, right? Yeah, which is a little. But silly.
2: also, when Dingus saw Wolverine, it was like, "Why what, what does he call the other X-Men?" And I kind of thought Dingus was crazy then. I did watch this movie thinking, "Why wouldn't they call Batman if this devil character is wrecking havoc? Like, where's Batman during
0: these battles?" Well, also, and Dingus pointed this out. Where's Wonder Woman? Yeah, where's Wonder Woman? I didn't even where's think of that one? watching it, but that's a. a Good question, if we're going to do these shared universe things. I mean, right. I understand you probably don't have Gal Dot on, on contracts to show up for this, but it, it does become conspicuous. I don't know if it's Dingus' fault for introducing this idea to us. Maybe. Yeah. But in the
2: Avengers, they go, well, we don't know right. where Thor – like there's at least lines going, yeah, we know, it's, we know they're supposed to be in it, but they're not, right? right. right? right. So exactly. his phone's not working or
1: something.
2: <laughs> it's like <in> this <laughs> – Okay, Superman's dead, in quotes, so, okay, he doesn't have to be there, even though it's a Superman-type emergency, but, like, Batman not showing up? What a pussy.
0: I guess we're supposed to find out that Batman's... Because he's in the movie!
2: <laughs> you, right, right. You he's in the movie, we know he's available, like, okay, this is the Batman Eater, <laughs> thanks for reminding maybe the,
3: me. Maybe the bulb is out on the Bat-Signal. <laughs>
0: Well, especially because this idea, like this is Midway City, I'm guessing it's Chicago. It's been laying waste long enough for them to get everybody out of prison and fly them there. Why don't they say it's Gotham? Even like this is in Gotham City. No, no. it's Midway it's, City, which no, i was Midway. Yeah. yeah. So, but that, Batman has an airplane. Like, why couldn't he have gotten there? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they have airplanes, but they only do their own cities. <laughs> yeah, it's very. It's a very. There's a, there's a lot of jurisdictional considerations yeah. here, Captain. <laughs>
2: Superman so can fly, but he only gives a fuck about Metropolis. He only changes time there. All right. All
3: right. So we we have a we have one more listener who wrote in. His name's Rob Lowe. Um, no, it's not seriously. Yeah, it is. We have a Ruffalo. listener named Rob Lowe. We've talked about him before. Uh, he yeah. said he managed. They managed to state the title in the movie. That's good. Um, but he didn't feel <laughs> the inclusion of Harley Quinn and the Joker added anything to the movie. No, it fact. attracted... Both have at times members, been members of the team. Uh, so he's, he's the other person who, uh, chipped in with this.
2: But you need her, and then to explain her, you need him. Well, so it's I like totally, nice, I think uh, that,
3: I think she's one of the breaths of fresh air. I just don't right. think they move with everybody else. I just wish they would have found a way to have a decent motivation for her other than, uh, chasing this guy who just, Seems totally uninteresting and creepy to me, you know, in a, in a bad way. I mean, Tom's right to call out my use of the word creepy, but I'm using it in a different way. You it, mean Uncanny Valley way? It's right? TV, it's it's it's, uh, it's like wrong. It's just wrong.
0: Uh, well, I do. I do feel. Uh, I would. Yeah, I would use the word resentment. I mean, the fact that he is doing Heath Ledger. I mean, I'm like, dude, you're no Heath Ledger. Don't don't remind us of what Heath Ledger did. Get a different voice. Whatever you're doing. Uh, and yeah, David Ayer should have, you know, put the kibosh on that. So yeah. I don't. Know if it's it should have been
3: somebody totally different, or yeah. not at all. I, that's totally. We should have been a woman, or somebody Nebbishy, or just somebody that's, totally different.
0: I'm so attached to your Zach Wood as the Joker. dingus. Yeah. Like I'm sold we, on that. I would go.
3: love that, or or Sebastian Cabot, or Hugh Grant, anybody,
0: anybody else, Who's anybody Sebastian else. Cabot? Hugh Grant's interesting. Who's Sebastian Cabot?
3: Uh, Sebastian Cabot's like a, an old British actor. I forget what he did. He, he's like from, uh, The Jungle Book. He, he, very droll, very dry wit. This sort of dry wit for the Joker, what I think would have been a great idea. That's right, right. Uh, this, in, in Hugh Grant is sort of the modern embodiment, or the, the pseudo modern, modern embodiment. I'm sure you could find somebody better, um, even, even younger. If you want to go younger, then uh, – but Sebastian Cabot was the f- was one of the first things I came up with.
2: I want try- to see Sylvester Stallone play him, <laughs> just for fun.
3: There was fun. a moment where bullet casings were dropping, and I even missed Zack Snyder for a minute.
0: Only if it's the it Sylvester is. Stallone from Copland.
3: That's ah, the I like. <laughs>
0: Wow. Uh, I want to ask you guys about two other actors. Uh, so, Dingus, you actually got his name right. The guy who plays Adebisi in Oz, he was in Lost – uh, I can't attempt his name. I had no idea that was him under the makeup, and that sucks because, A, I didn't, the makeup looked terrible, and yeah. B, he's a good actor. He's got an amazing face, uh, and, and C, that's not – here I'm going to be a comic book nerd. That's not what Killer Croc looks like. He looks like a freaky dragon with a huge crocodile mouth, which looks scary, like like Venom from, Wait, from Spider-Man. A Killer Croc – looks like – he's got a – he looks like a dragon. Like he's got this crazy mouth that opens like Venoms in Spider-Man with this huge jaw like a crocodile. He's a scary-looking freaky monster and not just a guy with a a texture on a a thick face, whatever that was supposed to be. Because here it just looks Uh. like a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Oh, my god. Exactly, Dingus. And it was kind of – they were going for a thing slash Hulk obligatory uh smash kind of character. We got to
3: humanize
0: him. Yeah, oh god. And he ha- oh, but he's a he's got like a huge like maw. Oh, the the character, yeah, the actual comic book <gasps> character or the one I know from from video games. Yeah. He's got this huge freaky looking terrifying maw like he would swallow you. I mean, he's ah! enormous. Um he's not just a Yeah, you're right. I think is the thing with the hood on, on everything. It's totally a thing, wasn't it? Uh what do you guys think of Joel Kinnaman? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing at that Kelly Wand? Because
2: I know you like him.
0: Oh no! You how do you know?
2: You always like him. I do.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I realized in this movie as I was watching him, I was like, he's kind of got a Chris Cooper sort of quality about him that I really like. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jesus a good way Chris. to put it. That's a really great. <laughs> I like. I like the way you put that.
3: Yeah. So. Uh, uh, yeah I don't, you know. I don't know that he just keeps getting kicked around in this. I don't.
0: Well, yeah, he doesn't do anything fun. Yeah, he does sort of have to be the straight man to all these crazy. It's a thankless role. Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: and then he he suddenly takes those letters out as Kelly made fun of. He's like, what? What? Why? What? Yeah. Why are those letters? Where? What's what uh, is- his motivation? <laughs>
0: uh, I just saw him in a movie that I waved Dingus off of called Edge of Winter, where he plays this down on his luck divorced dad who has having to take care of his kids, uh, one of whom is played by the awesome Tom Holland. Who is our new Spider-Man? Uh, and Joel Kinnaman is so good in it, but in a completely non-Chris Cooper way. He's he's sort of he's the villain in it, kind of. Uh, but man, I really like that guy. I'm so glad that RoboCop didn't just like scuttle his career. That he's still doing stuff like this.
3: Why would it scuttle his career? It was great. He
0: was great in that. Well, because it didn't do very well. Like <sighs> But RoboCop. I'm such a fan of him in that. Yeah. Yeah. Turn it.
3: All right, can we talk some over unders?
0: Yes, my over and unders are uh, Jared Leto movies. That (laughs) Jared, yeah, that how I feel about Jared Leto being in them. My over is American Psycho because he kind of goes missing and no one remembers who he is. Like he's he's the Paul Allen character that that uh, that Pat Bateman becomes. Like I I love that he's like a non-entity. In American Psycho and the few scenes he's in he's just another one of the generic preppy guys so my this is over, your over yeah yeah, my over under for uh, movies that Jared Leto uh, may or may not screw up can, can I just quickly
3: interject that I remember that one of the first things I remember about learning about him uh-huh. I used to have a subscription to Premiere Movie Magazine remember when magazines were things that you subscribed to and they came to your house oh yeah um, yeah, it was fun. And there was this long article in there about American Psycho, and I forget who wrote the article, obviously, but part of the article was talking about what a ding- dick he was.
0: What? Um, <laughs> you mean the actor?
3: Yeah. Uh, what, no. what a dick Jared Leto was um, while, while filming that movie and how difficult he was, at least from the writer's point of view and like being on the set and whatnot, and how at one point, he wanted to get back to New York, because I think they were filming in Canada. And he wanted to get back to New York for a specific party. And he was like, are we going to really have to film tonight? Honestly, I, wa- I just want to get back to New York. And I just remember that thing. And then there was this whole blowback after the fact of Jared Leto's, uh, um, representation saying no no no, that's not what happened um but i I just that was that made such an impact on me when i was reading about american psycho and how that whole thing was was filmed and and how the director had to deal with all these things and what a pill he was on the set um and then I, i hopefully he's you know people can change or whatever but that's one of the first things i remember hearing about him
0: poor jared leto yeah that was after requiem though right No, no. no, I think that was was before. That was well before Requiem. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know
3: what the dates are, but but American Psycho was before Requiem. Yeah.
0: Uh, So my, uh, we can verify that if you want, Callie Wand. So uh, uh, American Psycho was 2000. Requiem for a Dream. Oh, 2000. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. But at any rate, I uh, he's more in Requiem. Uh, Who knows when they were shot though? Obviously, they weren't shot simultaneously. Just so you know. And Dingus, maybe Jared Leto needed to get back to New York because he had to shoot scenes for Requiem for a Dream. That's a good point. So it's entirely possible that it's Darren Aronofsky's fault. Uh, So my over then is American Psycho because he kind of goes missing halfway through. My under is a movie I I have seen, but I don't remember anything about it. Um, And it can't be good, it's got to be awful. A, because I don't remember anything about it, but B, because Jared Leto is the lead, but the women in it are Tara Reed and Alicia Witt, both of whom oh. I think uh. are, are, are pretty bad. Uh, and it's called Urban Legend. And it's some like, it's something, yeah. it's like on a college, and Robert England plays one of their professors, and they're exploring urban Reed. legends. And yeah, and uh, somebody, there's like a slasher or something. I don't remember. Oh, no, Rebecca Gayhart. Yeah, yeah, is. yeah. She's in it. I don't know who that is, but she's in it. Uh oh.
2: Um hmm. So that, my girl, uh,
0: that's my under. I don't I don't remember it. Jared Leto was in it. Uh I don't know if it's his fault that it I don't remember it, that it was terrible, but that's my under. He's I also like Alicia Witt though. I have oh Alicia Witt's terrible. What do you like her? Red hair. Did you see her in Walking Dead? Do you remember her in the last season of Walking Dead? No. Fuck Walking she's, Dead. She's awful in that. She's in a couple episodes and she's terrible.
3: She's uh, really hot
0: uh, in tune. Kelly Wand, I am Just appalled dude. at you. I'm what? appalled. Get it, Pauled, dude? Pauld? <laughs> Paul Atreides? Get it? Well, okay, thing what? is, what are your overs and unders <laughs> for Suicide Squad?
2: How,
3: how did you pronounce Paul's last name?
2: Atreeds? Atreides? Atreides.
3: <laughs> oh, my God.
2: Ah, uh, Shadamit, Dinkus, leave me alone. Wow. I
3: apologize. Get it? All right, so my over... My over and under about Stabbing. criminals who are forced to do things they don't want to do, namely do nice things. Um, so my over <laughs> would be a movie that we did for the podcast called The Losers. Mm. Do you remember that movie?
2: Yeah. It's got um, Chris Evans being the dorky
0: guy in it. It's got yeah, Robert – uh, not Robert Patrick. Jack, Jason Patrick is the villain.
3: Uh, yeah, and Chris Evans is an awesome So he's
0: Saldana, yeah.
3: Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's in it.
2: Jeffrey Dean so. Morgan, super good. Yeah, doing It so. was the rich man's A-team.
0: And it, it, it wasn't Idris Elba the Liam Neeson? Yeah. yeah. Boy. No, no. Well, he turns out to be the villain.
3: Well, Jason Patrick is actually yeah. a bad guy, too. Um, so, but yeah, Zoe's, all, Zoe's held on and gets them to, to come back.
0: My God, is she in every movie?
3: Jeez. Yeah, she is.
2: She has a good sex fight with the comedian in it.
3: She was almost in one of my picks for our three by three. But anyway, uh my under would be a movie called Forty Eight Hours, which I don't care for and we've talked about before, uh about a criminal being forced to do something he doesn't want to do. And Wait, the I first like one or
0: the second one? The first one. No. Yes. Thing <sighs> is, Kelly Juan just said no, so I'm afraid you can't pick it. Uh, Alright,
3: then the second one. Another <laughs> right. uh then I choose another forty eight hours
0: from Yeah, me. thank you. All right. Well, <laughs> I applaud your choice now. All right. Kelly Wand, what's a movie that's better and a movie that's not quite as good as Suicide Squad? Uh,
2: I picked uh, ensemble villain movies for my over-under.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So my over's Mean Girls. <laughs> and my under is uh, Summer Lovers with Peter Gallagher and Daryl Hannah.
0: Who's the third woman? Or not the second I woman, submit. I guess. The third actor. Choice to wear, I think. What <laughs> that would be awesome, but wow. uh, I don't think so. Deborah von
2: Valkenberg. I, I
0: don't think know who is that, that is.
2: Um,
0: the Irish girl from Caddyshack, I believe, is the middle one. Kelly, one well, before we do a three by three. Do you have anything grossly inappropriate to say about Margot Roby? Daddy's little boy. Oy, oy, oy. One
2: two
1: three, not only you and me. in between.
2: La, well. la. <laughs> oh, I like her. Proved. Proved her outfits. I was told, uh, or I read somewhere that she hated wearing the outfits because they were really cold
0: and uncomfortable. And they were just like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bummed that she didn't stick with the mallet. Oh, I didn't stick with the... The silliness of the mallet is, I think, one of her traits. Is She's running yeah. around the mallet. And, and she wears, in, in a lot of the comics, she wears, like, an actual Harlequin's outfit. Like a gesture. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I, this... Pat, wait, I'm glad they changed that to Yeah, bit. yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Wait, you're glad they uh, changed what? Her outfit to... Yeah, that she's not wearing a, a Harlequin's outfit, complete with a little hat with the bells thing on it. Like, that's part of her costume. Uh in the, the, comics. the
3: whole point of her
0: name, isn't it? It is, yes. D- the, your... Dingus has a point, Kelly Wan, is that <laughs> they're missing the pun, aren't they, when they dress her that way?
2: Yeah. Wait, uh... Well, yeah. But also, I didn't understand... When he, when Will Smith puts the mask on and she goes pussy, <laughs> he's a pussy for putting a mask on. Yep. Okay.
3: You've I, think that, of... I think that's
0: a Deadpool joke, actually. What? It's... All I'll, right. We'll have to ask David Iron. Do you? you know, do you know how to reach him, Kelly Wand?
2: Uh, just hang out at the nearest uh, rehab clinic.
0: What? <laughs> Gotcha. We did not say that on this podcast. We are. We don't want to get sued for for any sort of slander. He got in trouble for saying "fuck Marble. <laughs> there are times I've said that. I haven't gotten in trouble though.
2: Yeah, but I think he said someone said it in the crowd, and he was just laughing and repeating it. So he was just like, "What? You're
0: hey, right. hey, my mama." I guess he won't be doing another. Like a, he won't be doing any Ant Man movie or anything like that. Well, that's what you're supposed to
2: say, just being a good team player. Yeah. That's what the characters would say, too. Sure. That, shouldn't that be the slogan of the
1: movie?
0: That's the tagline. Thongs on a poster. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. Dingus, what is this week's 3x3? Let's let let's settle down, let's shush everyone, let's get to the 3x3. Shh. It's easy to- These are your three favorite libraries in Moon. Dingus, keep it down, please. We're trying to read. These are your three favorite. Guys,
3: come on. <laughs> I'm going to throw you guys out of here. And by the way, neither of you.
0: No.
3: Have, you show me your card. Yeah, I didn't this know, I
0: don't this have is, it. This isn't Costco. We're not trying to check out books. We're just here to read. Oh, okay. Right. I guess you, I'll you, smoke behind you.
3: Yeah, there's no smoke. These <laughs> are your three favorite
0: libraries in movies. Oh, Dingus hates. So Kelly Wand, you're introducing next week's three by three. So what's your third favorite? Wait, Dingus has to say what inspired wait, the Kelly's topic. Kelly's introducing the next one. Yeah, yeah, we did mine. We did mine last week. It was yeah. Yeah, we did. Oh, it's
2: time, crazy Big time. Yeah, I know. Crazy okay, It's been three weeks since I said something stupid. For <laughs> Let's celebrate the three week anniversary <laughs> with another <laughs> stupid topic. But wait, you have to say what inspired libraries.
3: Uh, obviously watching sh- the Ghostbusters um, yeah. because I watched the original Ghostbusters uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed watching the original Ghostbusters again and the first part of it takes place in New York Public Library which um, has this great uh, residence for me because the first time I went to New York uh, I was riding in a cab uh, I didn't I had no idea I was this Rube from Virginia I was you know visiting new york for the first time i'm riding in a cab i don't know what the hell i'm doing and uh i look over and i see this building with these lions in front of it and i'm like what's that and and the cab driver literally said to me what are you an alien that's the
0: public library and i felt like a total
3: asshole.
0: I noticed uh, you didn't answer the question dingus hmm what whether or not you're an alien. Interesting.
3: Uh, I did yeah. not after that, but I, I seriously was, and then he built a wall around the back of the cab, and I mm-hmm. couldn't get out of it mm-hmm. and get into America. Right. So anyway, um, the opening part of the original Ghostbusters, uh, which takes place in that library and has uh, a really great scene of you know, books being stacked in a certain way. No human would ever stack books this way. Uh, was what inspired me. Uh, there, there are other things that I mean. This, this topic has been in my list of to do for a while, uh, but I, I took it off the shelf <clears throat> for this particular week because of Ghostbusters.
2: Wait, wouldn't an alien want to go to a library? Because it's like human knowledge, sort of yeah. codified.
3: Definitely, or so just, That's what I would have
2: said to the cab driver. Or they
3: could just go up your butt to find out all the knowledge. What? This that's isn't what, Slither. That's what aliens do. They go up your butt to find out the knowledge. Hmm. That's what they do. I, 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 look.
2: Are you talking about Whitley Stryber aliens or Dark Skies aliens? I'm talk- the about, the
3: same. talking about Christopher Walken aliens.
2: Well Why can't you be happy for him? <laughs> But if I could bring the house down, Dingus, I'd like to give a quote from my number three favorite library movie. <laughs> I would like a nice, powerful, mind altering substance, preferably one that will make my unborn children grow gills. Yeah, you said that one? Altered states. Oh, I'll do another one. Right. Can I have a falafel with hot sauce, a side odor, a Baba Ganesh, and a seltzer, please? Yeah, I'm sticking with Altered States, is my guess. You don't think I'm smart enough to work in your fucking library?
0: Yeah, ultra States. I got it. Yep, totally. <laughs> it's William Hurt. He says all those lines to Blair Brown. Yep. I
2: thought it was John Hurt. Oh, shoot.
0: No, shut up. It is William Hurt. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, <laughs> you, you, you briefly tricked me. I, I was visualizing. Wait, John Hurt? No. Hey,
1: wait. <laughs> hey, wait.
0: Line <laughs> number three
2: is from the motion picture Party Girl, starring Parker Posey. Uh huh. She ever see a party girl? She's like a party girl in it. And uh, but she's it's about her right of passage to becoming a librarian. And so she works for like her aunt or something, who thinks she's a total fuck up. But then one night she doesn't go to the party and she just stays in and does learns the Dewey Decimal system. And it's like, like really this. exciting to her.
3: But so it, so it takes it. place in a library, right?
2: Yeah. She spends all night at the library, just totally being exhilarated by the Dewey Decimal System It, it is very much a library movie thing He's not trying to pull a fast
3: one oh, I did not yeah. know this I don't even know this movie And it makes me very happy
2: And there's like a vendor she's into Who sells like falafels And he comes He wants to become a teacher So he comes to the library And she's working there at night And then they have sex in the library And it's really hot Okay, what?
3: I like this pick, And I like that you whispered that last part
0: Party girl.
2: It's a good movie. It's vintage Posey.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're a Parker Posey fan, I think you got to see it, right? Like, it's yeah. You can't say you're a Parker Posey fan if you have not seen, I guess, a handful of movies like Party Girl, Day Trippers, what else? Henry Fool. Do you have to see Henry Fool? Best in Waiting Joe. for Guffman. Yeah, Best in Show and Waiting yeah. for Guffman. Yeah.
2: And uh, the one, what's the one where she's the Jackie Kennedy aficionado? House of Yes.
0: Oh, very good,
2: Kelly. Wow, wow.
0: Kelly. Uh, Superman Returns? Superman <laughs> Returns. She's super good. It's
2: Valerie Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Superman Returns. Her car well, her car accident. She has poodles.
3: It's pretty interesting. Tom with the Superman Returns drop. Nice. Yeah, he was a little ahead of me on that. <laughs>
0: my th- I'm going to give you guys a line from my third favorite library scene in a movie. The library itself I love. Uh, this is actually a library. Well, I won't say. Here's the line. Harold... <laughs> uh caddyshack no you're Peace academy keep going colder colder animal house here i'll do it again this maybe i didn't hear Harold. bachelor party wait it's something for 80s though oh kelly one you're on to me you've got me Okay, what if I tell you that in the Joysticks. back this is in a library, in the background of this library, there's one of those oil pump things that looks like a dinosaur head, that looks like one of those drinking bird heads, you know? There's one of those going in the background of this library.
1: Wow, what?
0: Yeah. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Let me put some people in this library scene. I'm going to populate it with actors. You can see uh, Ernest Borgnine, uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, Escape from New York, oh. yeah. It's where Brain Oh, lives. wow. So in Escape from New York, Brain, uh, Harry Dean Stanton's character, who's of course really smart, that's uh, part of this whole apocalyptic shtick that Carpenter's playing with. is It's a smart guy. He goes and lives in the libraries who can read all day. And he furthermore sets up an oil pump that I think is providing yes, people so with gasoline uh, in, in this prison island of New York. Um, he's genius, but uh, you know, Carpenter actually shot this in the, the front of the library is uh, a courthouse in St. Louis where he shot, and I think the actual library is at USC, is a the uh, University of Southern California where they did some of, they did some of the Escape from uh. New York shooting in Los Angeles, but they walk up because it's supposed you know how are you going to make New York look like like New York? And he actually shot this in these just burned out awful parts of. Of Saint Louis, I believe, right. and yeah. the front of the library, which is the big steps and the columns, and he even pans up like you're going to see uh, the words New York Public Library, but then he cuts before it gets up to that, uh, <laughs> and, and that was that was the that was the a courthouse in in Saint Louis, I believe. So I just love that idea that Brain lives in a library, and that's where they go to meet him and recruit his help. So he live-
2: said that. Oh, go
0: on. No, go ahead, Kelly. Mm-hmm.
2: He said that they shot it in St. Louis, like at, only at night for like six months, so he didn't see the sun for six
3: months.
0: Oh. I don't think they're yeah. Well, because Escape from Able New York, you love phrase. this, Kelly. Wand Escape from New York is one of those movies that all takes place day. not even one day, all one night. Yeah. Kurt Russell arrives that night, and it's dawn the next day. I mean, before, isn't it? Like, there's not a yeah. Does he go a full day? And he doesn't. Yeah, it's just that one evening. It's just one night in New York. Yeah. So. Kurt Russ, Snake Plissken never does anything in the day.
2: Always sits in. <laughs> You're <laughs> no, the I, bank at night. Anymore. By the way,
3: I, I'm shocked that we didn't bring up anything related to Snake Plissken when we were talking about Suicide Squad. Because all that neck stuff, all the way that... Uh, uh, yeah, oh, people,
0: right. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think it's totally I right. Escape from New York. Totally ripped off from Escape from New York. And talk about anti-heroes. Like, I love in Escape mm-hmm. from New York how when Season Ubley gets, like, Carried off by these underground zombie crazy people, he's just like eh, whatever. Like he just runs off. Like I love, yeah. I love what an antihero says. Snake Pliskin. We can't have cool stuff from the '80s like we used to. We can't have like a Snake Pliskin anymore. It's so terrible. Yeah, and he
2: ignores that other raved.
0: Right, well, I mean, but, yeah, yeah are, like he's totally in. Which we yeah. talked about. He also yeah. and he, he I think it's great. He plunges the world into war. Like he he, yeah. he mm-hmm. just because for petty personal reasons, he destroys this the chance of accord between the United States and the Soviet Union that the president. Yeah. I right. love now that. you can't be cynical. You're, even your anti-heroes can't be cynical
2: anymore. Yeah. Anymore in yeah. That's what a pathetic yeah. era we live the in. The
3: humans you're going to kill in this movie are turned into charcoal creatures because you, <laughs> you can slice their heads open with with no worries about PG-13.
0: Such a video game zombie thing. It was so uh, ridiculous. They couldn't even be zombies. They were charcoal but creatures.
3: But <sighs> the but the, ne- but the neck thing immediately made me think
0: of yeah. the neck. I think Total rip. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Although the thing I remember, I remember Lee Van Cleef in in uh in Suicide Squad they explain it's the size of a grain of rice, and I think they might even say that in Escape from New York. But in Suicide Squad they say it has the power of a grenade. In Escape from New York, Lee Van Cleef is very particular about explaining yeah. that it's just poof—a little tiny explosion, just yeah. enough to open your artery. And even just yeah. this little gesture with his fingers, just to show it's a little tiny explosion that'll make you bleed out. It's, it makes it seem way more insidious than you know having to make your whole head
1: efficient.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. And also, like, oh, it's so it, may, it could be in the movie because there's not going to be any budget involved, so it's gonna <laughs> you don't have to blow up a head. Yeah, right. it's be yeah. Cute. so. Yeah. All right, Dingus, what is your third favorite library in a movie?
3: All right, I don't have a line from it because um, the dialogue in this particular scene mainly involves sign language. And this is – the the library involved is called the Illyria Public Library, and this is from a movie called Take Shelter. And this is when uh, Michael Shannon's character, Curtis, uh, after uh, waking up from another night of terrible dreams um, and telling his wife, Samantha uh, – you go away from me because he's you know wet the bed and he has to do all the sheets he he can't figure out what's wrong with him, and he's looking after their daughter who uh, is hearing impaired um, and there's a weird deaf girl joke in uh in um, suicide squad, which I didn't quite get um, but it, it, at any rate uh Michael Shannon Curtis takes Hannah to the this little local library, and he goes and he searches the stacks. And you know, one of the things I love, loved about this topic um, is just the way that libraries look in movies and the way that libraries look. I, I love – we have a, a silly little local library here. Um, and I don't know what it is, but just standing there at the end of these stacks of books and looking down – uh, I just love the way that looks. Uh, and watch, walking, watching Michael Shannon go through these stacks of books and try to pick out books that he's going to choose that that try to help him figure out what's what's going on with him because um, there's something about not being able to search the internet for your medical problem and having to go to the library, which is what he has to do. And he picks up... Uh, a book about mental illness a couple books about mental illness and he but first he sits his daughter down at the table and puts a book down in front of her that she would like to read and he he um he does sign language to her to tell her to sit there and read uh and then he goes and looks at books that are going to help him try to figure out what's wrong with his mental illness um so it's that, that little, I mean, all of these are basically little short scenes, but it's the Elyria Public Library in uh,
0: Take Shelter. Very good. Kelly Wand, name three actors in Take Shelter. Martha, Marst,
2: Marnie, Marley, Marley and me. Wait. Which, the what's the movie called? <laughs> Take Shelter? Could you really not do that? Is that the Charles Manson movie?
0: Oh, please. Very good. Uh, Michael Shannon? Good. Keep going. Jessica Chastain. Go on. And here's one who I find... Well, actually, there are two who I find weirdly sexy. I'm wondering if you'll come up with either one of them. Uh, Veronica Cartwright? No, that's a good one. But no, she's not in it. Um, Portia Doubleday? Not enough Cartwright. Uh, Amy Adams? Dingus, could you you could name other? Can you name of the two course, other women?
3: The, 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 the sexy one you would find would be Katie Mixon. I would imagine. Well, but also
0: the other one I find weirdly sexy.
3: Yeah, Shea Wiggum.
0: <laughs> Dingus, Kathy Baker. I don't know why. Like I, she's kind of attractive, right? Yeah.
3: Oh yeah, I love her.
0: Yeah, uh, Kathy Baker. I think I think she's one. I think she's really really good in the movie. Too. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, you're right. Shea Wiggum is pretty hot. So fair enough, Dingus. Yeah. Kelly Wand. All right. What is your Second favorite? we on second? Yes, yeah, second favorite library in all of moviedom.
2: I'm very excited about this choice. Mm-hmm. This is a bit more to Dingus's zone, however. Mm-hmm. I will do a quote. <clears throat> Sex is kind of like pizza.
0: When it's bad, it's still pretty good. The thing is, this is in your wheelhouse, apparently.
3: I think it's actually a quote from me because he's doing my voice. <laughs> Duh, yeah. it's clearly, a Dingus voice.
2: Stephen Baldwin plays the dingus in this movie. That's your hint. Uh,
0: that firefighter movie. What's oh, the... what?
3: Backdraft? No, a... that's William Baldwin.
0: Oh, shoot a monkey. Right, right. Yeah. This is the ugly one. Oh, oh, Usual Suspects.
1: <clears throat>
2: you have the hots for me. I have the hots for him. And sooner or later, he's gonna have the hots for you. Sounds pretty hot to me. Dingus, so I don't
0: know why you're not getting this. It's, it's apparently... gotta be.
3: It's gotta be Backdraft. <laughs> is it star trek into darkness because that has a that has an awesome library in it
2: how did we get on the ceiling did you pay the gravity bill this morning i
0: forgot poseidon adventure poseidon no that's i thought i really had something oh it is poseidon no maybe not it's it's matt Dillon. who's the who's the jerk in the in poseidon
3: might just be gravity maybe it's gravity
0: Because well, that's, that's a movie they're on the ceiling, though, Dingus, because Poseidon, oh. the, the ship turns over. Huh. Kelly Wan, you've stumped us. I guess we both lose a point.
3: I do not the, the pay the gravity bill this morning. is a funny one.
0: I'm going to guess I haven't seen it. Is
3: so. he even still in the podcast right now? Yeah. Okay. I'm
0: just listening. I
2: like what's going on. <laughs> I don't want to disrupt it. Straight sex is better than gay sex. It's written in the Bible. Was that the King James of the New World Edition?
3: Oh, that does sound familiar.
2: All right. It's from the Motion Picture Threesome.
0: Oh, I was Uh going to say that when you said Baldwin, brother, because you also talked – oh,
3: shoot. That's got one of my favorite Sting songs in it.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) I think so. I think that
3: has – anyway, go ahead. You talk for a minute. Well, it's – I outed myself as a terrible person. What? Sorry.
2: That's not out yet. A, and two, Um, hmm. it's a movie where uh, Lara Flynn Boyle's hot for Josh Charles from Sports Night. They're college kids. And Stephen Baldwin's hot for Lara Flynn Boyle. And then, because there's no other way to get the threesome going, uh, Josh Charles is suddenly hot for Baldwin, even though it's the ugly Baldwin. So... There's a scene where uh, Lara Flynn Boyle's trying to seduce Josh Charles in a library, and he's reading poetry, and she's, like, writhing around on the desk, and then Baldwin tries it, she's, she's like, no, it's not the same, you suck, stupid idiot. Wow. Is the library so open
0: the... at this time, or
2: they're after hours? Or what? what it's the... at night. Okay. It's at night, but it was. I think it had to be at UCLA because every time I'd go into the UCLA library, I'd go, "Oh yeah, this is that threesome part. This, ah, this right. is where the Laura Flimboyle desk.
0: Yep, I can smell." So that's what's, my.
3: What's the idea. movie called? Threesome.
0: Yeah, threesome. Thing is, it has your favorite Sting song in it.
3: I don't. I might be uh, wrong about this, but I thought it was. There's this wonderful Sting song called "Shape of My Heart," that's been in a lot of different songs, but I thought it was – I mean in a lot of different movies, but I thought it was in the movie Kelly wants talking about. It might it's, be, yeah. It, it's not a movie I've seen, but I, I love that song so much. It's its beautifully done. It's a beautifully uh, orchestrated song. Wait, um, why
0: would you know it's in there if you haven't seen it, Dingus? There's something fishy going on here. I don't know. I, I just remember it. Don't be ashamed some of having seen Threesome. Don't I just be ashamed. remember it having some I'm ashamed.
3: of – I have it I remember it having some sort of uncomfortable association with a with a lesser bald one.
0: Well I mean they're yeah. threesome with two dudes and not two chicks, so you can imagine the uncomfortable yeah. piss. if you're a straight dude, you Yeah, yeah,
3: that's yeah. yeah, I understand it's totally that. part that's, of the movie. It it's not that, it's just the quality aspect. But I love that song. Shape of my heart is one of my favorite songs of his. Um but for some reason I equate it with that movie and maybe I'm just weird. I know the
2: I'm quality weird. aspect ratio was beneath your threshold, <laughs> but it's the movie that got Stephen Baldwin. Biodome. So
1: <laughs> it's there
2: therefore, a lot of shit. Is that
3: level. on the poster?
2: Yeah, uh, under uh, fuck Marvel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's my number two. All right, three. I'm going to give you a quote from my number two library scene. Would you be interested in joining my club of junior philosophers? Now I know what you're thinking. But we read everything except Hegel. <laughs> is that? It's got to be Rushmore. It is Rushmore-esque. Unfortunately, it's not. It's a, you know. I'm glad that you mentioned that, Kelly Wong, because I know Dingus has a soft spot for Rushmore that I, I do too. I don't share with him. I mean, I love Rushmore, but I like this movie. This movie is very similar to Rushmore, and it would be my over for Rushmore. And I'm saying that even though I really do like Rushmore, not as much as Dingus, but this is the over for Rushmore for me. Um, mm. And uh, it's, a, it's a movie that uh, I haven't seen probably since it came out. Wait, um, hey, is this Squid and the Whale? No, but that does a very uncomfortable library scene. Yeah. Uh, but no, not Squid and the Whale. And
3: how dare you guys bring up Rushmore, which also has a great
0: library scene.
3: You goofballs! falls.
0: And doesn't most of Rushmore take place in a library? I mean, I'm not surprised. Shush, No. Yeah. How dare you? But so my over S- – this, this movie um, – so the person delivering this line is a fellow named Jonah Hill who, when I saw the movie, you didn't know who Jonah Hill was, although interestingly enough, this movie got a theatrical release the same year as another movie called Superbad. Um, But I'm watching this movie. I rewatched it today, and I'm like, oh my God, this Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill is in a couple of these library scenes. But what I do like about the the library scene I specifically like is a montage in which Anna Kendrick is researching a, a debate team project with an actor named Reese Thompson, who's the lead oh. actor. Oh, um, so this is a movie called Rocket Science. Oh, excellent! Which is like ten years old. Uh, uh, dingus, I think you and I saw it at Sundance. It was picked yeah. up for theatrical release later, so we would have seen it almost literally ten years ago. It came out in 2007, I think. Um, but it's also the first movie that where you it's it's where we as the the public, you know, people who go to movies met Anna Kendrick. Oh and damn! Is, this is a great pick, Tom. It's such an amazing showcase for her aggressive, intellectual cool because that's kind of her appeal. I mean, that's kind of what she's really good at. Uh, and this this movie is just she's just just bam right there, smack dab in the in the, the beginning of the movie. And it's it's kind of almost like a Moonrise Kingdom thing where she is so much stronger than the male lead, but it's entirely appropriate for Rocket Science. And what happens in Rock—that's oh, the name of the movie, by the way. What happens in Rocket Science? is she then goes missing for most of the movie. And you're kinda like missing her and you're stuck with this main character. Yeah. It's fine, but it, it's supposed to be that way. Uh but there's a great scene and here, Kelly Wan, you'll appreciate this. Um so I felt a little weird thinking this, but to be fair – so it's about high school debate teams, right? Um, mm-hmm. Anna Kendrick, when she shot this, was 20 years old. So I'm, I'm okay saying this, and this isn't – I'm not doing a Kelly Wand here. <laughs> oh, I'm, already, I'm already with you, dude. <laughs> but she is so – she's she's so beautiful, and she's like a little – she's oh. not baby fat, but she's got a slightly rounder face. Oh, you're so uh. wrong right now. But there is in, in uh, this library scene – yeah, some of that. It's I, I'll just come out and say it. There is an amazing cleavage shot of her in this library scene. Twenty year old Anna Kendrick. When you're like, who is this girl? Where did she come from? She's amazing. And then there and it's not trying to be lascivious. It's just her wearing uh, something that shows off a little cleavage and leaning over the table. Uh, but that I also- see a five day extension. <laughs> Very good, Kelly Wand gotcha. uh, But I also loved seeing that hey, that's Jonah Hill and and having no recollection. He comes back in a, in another scene. I had
3: no idea that Jonah Hill was in that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Speaking oh man,
3: truth. I love that movie so much. I loved the dialogue in it. I loved where the how the movie goes. I love her so much. And the cello being thrown through the window. I love that movie. I haven't seen it in so long. Holy cats.
0: I didn't even think of this. Is yeah. it when
3: they're when they're taking the SATs?
0: No, they're uh, – I don't know about NSAT. They're, they're actually just – she's – so it's a it's – a, ultimately, the funny thing about Rocket Science, it's a femme fatale movie, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you Is know she, – Because she ferrets you. Oh, that bus scene is amazing, and that's that's oh. That's the first. Like, if you look at the first scene that Anna Kendrick would have, she's been she had a little bitty part in a couple movies previous to Rocket Science, but her first scene in Rocket Science on a bus where she's like talking super fast and she she literally barges into the scene. She cuts yeah. in on someone else's scene, uh, and it's basically like, ladies and gentlemen, Anna Kendrick. It's like here she is. Um, but Very yes, much does have that his girl Friday kind of a thing going about. What yeah, yeah, talking about right now. Which is happy. It's funny too, looking at like we think of debate now as presidential candidates trying to get in digs at each other. Like actual formal debate looks so weird to see. You know, they're talking super fast to get their points in. Uh, like, I, do do people in the real world know what actual debating is like anymore? And, uh, My dick size is fine, Tom. <laughs> wow. Was that Carrie Fisher? It sounded like Carrie Fisher telling me that. <laughs> Tom,
2: you know who I am. <laughs>
0: So, uh, Please, Kelly Wand, I know you're a big fan of Max Landis, but uh, other than <laughs> – there's, there's a movie that Anna Kendrick is in now that I really want to see called something like John and Mike Need a Date for the Wedding or – shoot. What is it? It's called. It's literally called something like that. I and hope it's, it's called that. It's, oh, yeah. It's, who's in that? It's Zac Efron and Ted Gummett, the guy from Pitch Perfect and Modern Family whose name I can't remember, who's really Michael funny. Chiklis. No, no, shoot. I feel bad that I can't remember his name because he's an up-and-coming – uh, yeah, right. Like right, a comedic actor. Anyway, uh, yeah. him and Zac Efron. But the women in it are uh, Arby Plaza and Anna Kendrick. Um,
3: and uh, it's yeah.
0: a it's like a crass comedy kind of thing. Uh, it's like a wedding crashers for for these four young actors. So Anna Kendrick is in that. I really want to see it. But before that, the last movie she did, Kelly Wand, was uh by a fellow named Max Landis, Ugh. <laughs> and it's called Mister Right, and it's where. Uh, uh, Sam Rockwell is an assassin, you see, but he falls in love with Anna Kendrick and romances her but doesn't want her to know that that he's an assassin. So mm. he has to keep the fact that he's an assassin from her. Uh, you see, it, it's super it's – like So it's a, like
2: this means war but with one character.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, it's, the, yeah. It's and
2: he can't ter- live
3: with his daughter because she knows that he kills people. And it's
0: terrible. It's like it's such a waste of Anna Kendrick and even of Sam Rockwell – it's like so annoying to see they get these great actors and it's this terrible movie and Ugh. So Kelly One, you should see uh Mr. Wright is the name of it. Max Landis' latest. Just check oh, it out, Kelly this Wan. New One. Yeah, check it out. Check be, it out. You might be interested. Check out it. the new Landis. <laughs> check it out. <laughs> Dingus, what's your second favorite library in a movie?
3: Damn, I love that you reminded me about rocket science. Rocket Science. I'm happy oh, yes.
0: now. You should see it. I wanna oh,
3: I, I wanna see it again.
0: Yeah.
3: Dang it. Alright, so here's a quote from my number two movie scene in the library. Or, uh, scene in the library in a movie. Uh, you have a nice chin.
0: Dingus, quit stealing Mike Picks, jerk.
3: You didn't have that, come on. It's
0: my number one, jerk. Oh my god, I, oh god, I just screamed in his face.
3: <laughs>
0: I can't imagine that you even had that. Really? Here's the other line, here's the other line. Unbelievable, bro. Oh, it's actually not that. the library, but here's another one. A nice chin, seriously, it's looking weird. You're the man. Yeah, yeah. You're the man, I Tom. I can't believe you stole my number one pick. What a jerk! I Can't believe that's your number one. I thought I was totally going
3: to surprise you with that. Well, one. Yeah, right. first of all, it's, it's my, your it's, number one, so go ahead.
0: It's also Tom Chick's number one movie of 2003. I'll have you know. Yes, I uh,
3: understand that, but no, nobody's going to remember that stupid little library that looks like it's in a trailer. You know what the name of the library is? The Newfoundland
0: Library. It's the Newfoundland Library. Right like, Tom, tell people what this. Well, the reason I remember it is isn't as of it's not because the library, but it's because Michelle Williams is the librarian. Uh, yeah, I and mean, that's the that's the. Uh, we have a friend who once was trying to think of the the actor in this movie, Kelly Wand, and he's like, "Well, who's that? What's that actor's name? That actor? Oh, uh, Stephen Dinkelman." <laughs> Kelly Wand, what actor do you think he was trying to think of? Dinklage. Yeah, <laughs> he really thought Peter Dinklage's name was Stephen Dinkelman. Uh, <laughs> So Station Agent uh, is about a dwarf. is about Peter Dinklage uh, moving – he inherits a little bit of property in a town, and he moves there and lives in a, a railroad station. He's a railroad enthusiast, uh, and it's a Tom McCarthy movie, and I think it might have been his first movie actually. He wrote and directed it, uh, and re-watching it, I think – and I probably would have realized – Station Agent is about – It didn't originally call for a a dwarf to be the lead actor, but he liked Peter Dinklage, so he cast Peter Dinklage. So there's nothing – it's not like an an affliction of the week kind of thing. Uh, What it's about is an outsider, somebody not from an area, and in in this particular case, somebody who's physically an outsider to other people because he's a dwarf, interacting with a variety of characters who are such good people that they don't see him as an outsider. And he's so used to being a pariah that he doesn't really know how to react to being accepted like this. Station Agent is a movie about being loved. Uh, And one of the uh, people that he interacts with, who he interacts with, is Michelle Williams as a librarian. And there's an adorable scene where he goes in the library to get a book about trains because he's a train enthusiast. And she turns around and she hasn't seen him and she screams because he startles her (laughs) because, you know, A, she didn't see him, but B... She sees a person at a level, you know, low, that she's not used to looking at someone, uh, and she just feels bad about it. Um, And he goes to check out his book, but he can't because he doesn't have any mail from his place, so he can't prove that he lives there. Uh, So he sees her another time during the movie, and then later in the movie, he comes back in and gets the book. But she's just one of the characters in this small town, and she's the librarian. Uh, She kind of figures into the story. More prominently later on, but there's just some awesome scenes with Peter Dinklage and Michelle Williams in the library. I think it's why was that your pick?
3: Uh, it's my pick because I just love the way that the library looks, um, and I, I live, I, I absolutely love the way that you describe it. But he's going in there to find specific books, but there's also this wonderful shot. There's this beautiful shot of of him as he's after he's picked the book off the shelf and he's walking down past the stacks of books and it's just oh my gosh it's just a beautiful shot of these stacks of books and i think that i I think if you actually look at the stacks of books there's like um i don't robert uh, there's there's like there's uh um he's picking out like a train book but there's clearly in that particular line of books uh like thrillers and whatnot, but it's just what, whatever the, the visual of him walking down, walking down that stack of books. Um, but I also love the way that that whole scene plays out because she didn't expect anybody to be in there. Um And we, ha- and again, we we have this little weird little library in our town uh that I really love. Tom, Kind of poo poo's it. He doesn't really care for our little.
0: Well, most of it's for kids. It's a place for kids to go after. I mean, it's like, it's not a real library. It's a kid babysitting place,
3: basically. It's not a kid babysitting place. It's a really good little library. It's a a tiny building.
0: Half of it is for kids, Dingus. Yeah, well, that's. Fine. It's a daycare center. Yeah, it's a it daycare center a daycare that happens center. to have books.
3: That's <laughs> not how it's used.
0: And there's uh, so many videos there, too. Like, I hate the fact that smack dab in the middle is this video section. That's just still weird to me.
3: Right. There's a, there's the library's a huge of video video section, and when you put something on hold, they, they just, like, put your name in the book and, like, put it on the shelf, and, and you're like, well, okay, I, I have something on hold. Well, it might be over there. Go look for your name. I mean, it's, it's, it, it but. I just love the feel of it. I love the local feel of that little library in the station agent because it – because it, you know, the Newfoundland library looks very much like his little train car. Uh, it looks like it's like the same form, form factor. And I love that when he surprises her, she's like, I didn't think anybody else was going to be here. But I also like that, that, you know, not counter to what Tom said, but kind of dovetailing on what Tom was talking about, about how the casting of the movie went. Um, they, you, you know, he's also, uh, Peter Dinklage's character's uh, also being very careful about uh, standing up for himself. You know, And so uh, when he wants to check out a book right then, he doesn't have a, a library card. You know, he, as Tom said, you know, you have to bring something in to prove what, where you, where you are from. And, um, uh, who's, uh, it's Patricia Clarkson, sorry. Uh, Patricia Clarkson says, uh, uh you know, he can, uh, I'll just check it out on, you know, he can check it out on, on my card. And he looks back at her and he's like, uh, no, no, I'll just, I'll just wait. And it's, it's one of these little things like, don't, don't do something for me. I'll do something for myself. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll come back in with a bill or whatever. But she's like, I, I can do that for you. But then this other thing happens where she's like, well, I, I'm sorry about last night. I overstayed my welcome. And Michelle Williams looks up, looks up at her like, oh, whoa, what, wait, what? What's going on here? And this whole, uh, this whole thing, I just love the way that this movie understands how relationships, um, just move off of each other, almost like, pollen moving from flower to flower uh, I love the way that happens in that in that moment in this little library where she says yeah you can do it off of my card no I don't want to do that sorry I was there too long and then he leaves and then he comes back as Tom said eventually with his electric bill to say you know I do have a an address here in town and now I can get a library card uh, I, I love the way that little library looks I just love that so much
0: uh, she, she gets the book for him, by the way. Like He goes home and finds the book uh, yeah. in front of his door. So Patricia Clarkson does it anyway. Yep. Kelly Wand, what's the best library in all of moviedom? Uh, okay, I'll do a
3: quote.
0: Yeah, you will.
2: <clears throat> I think it's Magruder. I think it's Magruder too. Why do you think it's Magruder? Because he was second commander to Mitchell. Why do you think it's Magruder? I think it's Magruder because at one time he was temporary head of the committee to real life
0: before Mitchell. I don't want a cookie. Are you saying Magruder or Magruber? Yeah, what's Magruder? Magruder? Yeah. Man, I don't know what this is. Me neither. Oh, really? It's Magruber. I don't remember a library scene in Magruber, though, so I don't know.
2: If you're going to do it, do it right. If you're going to hype it, hype it with the facts. I don't mind what you did. I mind the way you
0: did it.
3: Wow. I don't know.
0: Really? Station agent?
2: Who's Charles Coulson? Sit down. You know I'm glad you asked me that question. The reason I'm glad you asked is because if you'd asked Simons or Bradley, they would have said, you know, we're going to have to fire this schmuck at once because he's so dumb.
3: It's like office space or something.
2: (sighs) It's all the president's men.
3: As soon as you said Charles Coulson, I thought all the president's men because that was one of my mom's heroes.
2: My uh, German lady friend reminded me of this one, or I might have gone with Christine. (laughs) But there's a shot in all the president's bed where they've just been given the files and they're in the Library of Congress and then they're like flipping through these like piles of files. And then there's like these series of dissolves, like in Suicide Squad, but it's like the camera's going up. And so they're like at the left top of the frame and it's just like this huge labyrinth around them. That shows that they're in like a really they're in over their heads. It's like a really big library
0: <laughs> shot. So that's my number one. All the president's men, not Christine. Like it could have been. Think it's is there a library because I I maintain that a better movie about journalism is Spotlight. Is there a library scene mm. in Spotlight? I don't remember. Yeah, there should be.
3: I just remember Charles Colson being a staple in our household because he became a total born again Christian in in prison.
0: No, well, that's what you do in prison. got not much else to do. Um, yeah, you don't like all the presidents, men? No, I do, but I I sort of think that Woodward and Bernstein uh, get this reputation as being crackerjack journalists when really the the person responsible for the takedown of Nixon at Watergate wasn't them at all. They were just passing along the information that uh, mm, Deep Throat came.
2: Yeah, but it's. Dustin Hoffman, and Robert Redford, talking really fast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Fair, fair enough. I mean, as far as like a '70s movie from yeah, that era about that's amazing about paranoia and whatnot, that's fine. But I, I'm not. I don't. I, I, I think the, the spotlight folks for the Boston Globe deserve to be lionized more than Woodward and Bernstein. So I just have well, a little. I have a little grudge against all the president's men. Sorry. Really? Yeah. yeah I just kept just a weird. little one because it's too much about.
1: propaganda.
0: It's not propaganda. It's just they're they're not. It's dramatization, really. I mean Wait Woodward and They're great. They're reliable journalists They're reliable journalists. But they they didn't. All they did was their jobs. Like it, it wasn't a matter of them doing a lot of crazy research. They had this information given to them, and they passed it along like they were supposed to. They just did. They didn't. They didn't yeah, break but- open any a story. They they passed along the story that was given to them. Oh, they had a – well, yeah, that's true. guy in a parking lot, maybe after a blowjob. But
2: <laughs> A, that's interesting historically, and B, this is you doing what you always accuse me of doing of like the source material contaminating my opinion of
0: the filmed product. Well, there's a difference between source material and reality. There isn't though. If it's a historical movie – Right, right, that's what I'm saying. If you if you want to tell a story about Woodward and Bernstein, that's fine. But the real hero of Watergate is a former FBI like co-director named Mark Felt, who who probably for personal reasons he sort of I think the thinking is that he was felt like he was passed over for a promotion he should have gotten, but for personal reasons, uh, revealed terrible things that Nixon was doing. That's the real story behind Watergate. That's what's important. Uh, we didn't know who he was for the longest time, so we thought of it as the heroics of Woodward and Bernstein, and they're fine journalists. That's fine, but they are not the heroes of, of – No, but what he, movie what, has better dialogue, Spotlight you or – No, fair things? enough. Yeah, you're well, – oh, Spotlight. I oh,
3: say. yeah, Spotlight.
0: Yeah, I mean I love All the President's Men, and it's great. Is it, It's not Sidney Pollack. Is it Sidney Pollack
3: who, who directed it? All the President's
0: a, Men? Isn't it Lumet? Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I always screw them up. I don't, yeah, um, it, it's a fine bit of seventies filmmaking, but I don't think it can hold a candle to what Tom McCarthy does in Spotlight. Right. I mean, it I, was Pacula, by the way, you directed it. Alan Pacula? Right, The Parallax View guy, right? Well, yeah. what's what's the
3: what's the scene again? I, I'm sorry. I'm... It's,
0: a, it's a great shot of the Library of Congress. So go ahead, Kelly. Oh,
3: all right. It's a,
2: yeah, it's a shot of them working in right, the yeah. Library of Congress. Oh, okay. It's okay. going up, and it's just like a really visual it's maybe the money shot of the movie because it really a, is is that shot.
0: the it, is it really the library of congress though yeah okay yeah which i haven't been in so maybe that's why i haven't seen the movie in a while well yet. you're not allowed in because so you don't have a card do you have a library of congress library card uh no i belong to Aftra. <laughs> we'll
3: just bring uh just like a proof of where you live in germany yeah. you know, unless
0: you have <laughs> just your electric bill or something like that uh, really all right. You know, I shouldn't. I shouldn't be uh, talking all the prison it's been down. It is a classic, though. Yeah. But it's just, I love Spotlight so much. I feel like like Spotlight is more relevant to, at least my experiences as, as an adult, and uh, you know what it says about the Catholic Church and and. The, the corruption that can occur in you – know. I like it because it's Watergate's a quaint scandal by comparison with shit that just goes on in the open. Well, I you – know. here's the problem with Watergate is I feel like what – yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what happened at Watergate is, is – was an abuse of the executive office, but I right. think that there have been abuses of the executive office since then. No, I know. That are a little bit more dangerous and uh, – yeah. No, I totally agree yeah. and it's I, – yeah, I think even in this election, like well, yeah, I don't want to get too much. And I don't really know, like spotlight word, too, by the way.
3: Yeah. The word so itself has been twisted and abused in a number of ways. Everything becomes a gate Modern
0: now. Bay. Yeah.
3: Every every it's, new it. scandal is this kind of gate or that kind of
0: gate. It was the original gate though. You gotta you gotta give it credit for that.
2: It was there first. So yes. uh, yeah. yeah, and whoever came up with the name for that hotel's like, wait, what? <laughs> I did something else. <laughs> what happened what room wait why is the whole hotel wait
0: why is that's awesome like do people still stay there uh, yeah i
2: don't know
0: that's actually a good question truly the name got changed right it can't be called anymore. Yeah. That's, always...
2: that's what made me first be- like i never thought geography was interesting until i started thinking like wait agincourt before agincourt might have been just famous for
0: its bowls or something. (laughs) Well, there are things. I don't remember the specifics, but uh, the battles of the Civil War tend to be named by by who won them. And one side names it according to the closest river, I think, like the Union, whereas the Confederate names it by the closest city. Like like there's something. Right, right. uh, Yeah. I do love that. Those little those kind of details. Yeah. Yeah. And then suddenly the word has a different like
2: 9-11 could have been like a winning lottery in an alternate universe.
3: You know what I
0: mean? uh, Kelly Wand. That's. It, it might still be. By the way, you don't know. Yeah. Never forget. You don't know. Uh, I hope I didn't bring the house down. I I was at the gas station in line to pay for, for gas the other night, and there's a guy in front of me, and then the guy behind me, and the guy in front of me. Uh, it's always weird to me when people at gas stations buy lottery tickets. Like, yeah. Oh, dude, why are you doing? That? And I wanted to say to him. Dude, don't buy a lottery ticket, just don't and he's buying yeah. and then the guy behind me is like, Yo, Holmes, hurry the fuck up. And I turned yeah. around and he was grinning and it was because it was his friend up there like he knew oh, I, no, no, I, I thought I was going to turn around and see some guy trying to pick a fight with someone and he looked at me and he's like oh I know him <laughs> so so you almost went yeah fucker we're going down on you <laughs> well I and suddenly wanted, it would have been a two versus one I suddenly wanted to defend the guy who was buying the lottery ticket who before I was sitting there thinking dude don't buy a lottery ticket you're an idiot and then was the guy buying the lottery ticket with the baby that you once tried to shush <laughs> <laughs> the one where I got applauded by the audience yeah, you got for saying take the baby out. oh they applauded, No, I think I I yelled out, take the baby outside. And the woman yelled something like, shut up, fool. And then the audience cheered. But I'm pretty sure the reason that they cheered after she said shut up, fool, it was the delay between me saying, take the baby outside. Like it took them a minute to get their hands up in position to clap. You don't think. They would have applauded. Shut up, fool! No, no. I think it sounded like if you were listening to a recording, it kind of would sound like they were applauding that. But really, it's just a delay. Nobody's sitting there watching a movie expecting to applaud. So it took them a minute to raise their hands and get. It was Ali uh, to raise their hands and get in position to clap. And it was at a theater in Berkeley. Yeah. But then
2: I remember something happened in the movie later, and. Someone went, hey, how come he's not wearing a hat in this scene? And then you went, oh, because of this, like the audience, like you guys were all friends again
0: because you what? were you know, answering <laughs> questions
2: about the movie. What? You know?
0: I don't remember that. No, there, that was something different though. I did see a movie once where I shushed someone and then afterwards stuck around and talked to them because they were asking questions about the movie. What was – shoot, what was I thought sh- that was the same one. Yeah, I no, was, no, no. I was That's like, funny. wow, that, from, the, from applause to Tom being didactic. No, I got applauded. For asking the baby to be removed, very much like Donald Trump at a press conference, by the way. I got applause at that point. But are you not being Donald Trump going, see, I got applause when someone said, shut up, fool. And again, he sounds like Leia all of a sudden. (laughs) You need to work on your Trump. It really does have a little bit too much Leia in it.
2: I only have a couple voices I can even do. I'm
0: not a trained actor. But, no, you are right. I'm sure that people were uh, were very enthusiastic that the woman told me to shut up. Uh, that shut was, up, fool! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like – but I, I kind of was like, everyone's turning against me. I mean don't you want crying babies to not be in movies? I couldn't believe that. Oh. Is that
2: what you said after that and then they applauded.
0: I just sat there. Hey, wait yeah. a minute. I'm <laughs> not a fool. She's got – boo! I got up there. I got my – hand. I, I raised my hands. and said, let me explain. Let me explain, Why everyone. I a <laughs> fool if her birth <laughs> – <laughs> All right, it's – I see it. The kid's all, well, I see both sides. My mom's making a piece of-. Dingus, it's your turn to tell us about the... Yeah, because you stole my pick, my number one pick of Station Agent. So, Dingus, what is your favorite library in a movie? No one stole Threesome yet. Well, wait for Dingus' number one pick. You don't know.
3: Wait a minute. How could anybody steal it from you? You already have it.
0: I accept your bluff.
3: All right, very good. All right, mine's... A- This is the reason I actually originated the topic way back when and put it in my long list of topics and then uh, uh, revived it. And I kept trying to knock this movie off of it because it's such an obvious choice. But I love – I just love this scene so freaking much. And this is from the movie Seven. Well,
0: we didn't even get a line from – oh. I actually knew you were going to bring this up, which is one of the reasons I didn't pick it. But you're not even going to give us a line so we can guess?
3: Um. no, I'm not going to give you. How about this? Um, uh, you want culture? Seven. Very good. All right. So I I, I just love the. I, there are so many things I love about this scene. I just love the way uh, it it shows the library. And it does not like the other two libraries. I was I was able to name because uh, and one of my runners up that almost wound up in the list. You can actually see the name of the library. But I think this is just. Supposed to be a big city library, like the New York Library, but this this city in Seven feels like L.A., but it feels like just a dystopian New York L.A. amalgam kind of a thing.
0: You know, you say that, Dingus, but the fact that he's got it raining all the time makes me think it's not supposed to be L.A. I mean, it's it I know, shot in yeah. L.A., but people who shoot in L.A. and then have like heavy rain like that, they're kind of LAing it. In yeah, I, so seven kind of yeah. does that for me.
3: Yeah. I, I think it does too, and I think that the end shots uh, as as bright as weirdly like sepia saturated as they are, if that's a thing that you can actually say with all of those power cables that they're flying over, right. uh, it looks like something that would be in some place in California or somewhere outside of New York. Anyway, I don't know what to do with that city. I think it's supposed to be kind of a Gotham. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think it's supposed to be kind of a Gotham city. Uh, it's just supposed to be <laughs> this idea of a city. It's because because Brad Pitt has come here from, and this is again one of those pics where I tried to watch a couple of scenes and had to watch the movie, um, uh, where it feels like Brad Pitt has come from some place in Indiana or someplace, or you know he's come from the sticks he did things Smallville. now he's, now he's in the city there's a subway here that's running through so it it is much more like a chicago or a new york definitely than an la because of the way the subway runs through their apartment Th- those types of things are much more new york or, or or chicago um so it might be the new york public library but you don't see that kind of a thing but it's just the way that it's just the the rich the richness the generosity of the way david fincher films the inside of that that library, when all when those guards let um, Somerset in uh, to come and do his research. And they've done this time and again. It's clear they've done this time and again. And they know they're about to lose him. But th- they're bringing him in uh, when it's they're running the night shift. There's nobody coming into the library because it's closed. But yet all of those perfect little uh, lawyer Green library lamps, which I love. I love those lamps so much. If I could have one of those, those perfect green, you know what I'm talking about? The, the, those, those, those library, uh, table lamps that have the long horizontal green, uh, uh, shade over them, the hood over them. Um, they, all of them are, are lit. All the way through the library, and there's no reason that would be done if the library were closed it's just done to show us this particular scene and he's there all night while all of the guards are up there they're playing classical music and um oh gosh it's uh, uh it's um it's air on the G string, I think, is what it's called, and I, I think it's, I always feel weird saying that, but I think it's that. Um, it's this beautiful piece of music that that the one guard who talks to him says you want culture, and he plays it while well, they're playing poker upstairs, and Somerset is downstairs reading through all of this stuff just to help Detective Mills, played by Brad Pitt, just to help him. All he's doing is doing. He doesn't want to be involved in this case at all. All he's doing is research research to help the new guy who he doesn't even like. He's just in this library because he loves being here. It's like this this oasis for him, and he's doing all this weird uh the stuff where he's he has apparently unlimited access to the copier because he's constantly copying pages um But all of this is so beautifully set against the music and the way that it's shot. I love this library it's it, the music the way the library is shot, those green lamps, uh, the guards that are up there and are clearly going to miss Somerset when he leaves because he 's about to retire all of those things uh, this is why that this is really why I originally wrote up. The idea of this topic probably, maybe a couple of years ago. I don't know, um, but then I dug it back up because of Ghostbusters. So it's just this seven. Oh man, I love that library so freaking much!
0: All right, I would have, if I'd known Dingus you were going to steal Station Agent, I might have stolen that from you.
3: Yeah, it, I think it would probably be an easy steal. I
0: ah, man, damn! All right, what do the listeners have? Uh, maybe Kelly, one, we'll see if anyone else picked threesome yeah could happen, or whatever
2: my other one was
3: <laughs> I love that you just said that, Kelly Probably something good, probably something good. all right, we have um somebody named Arden Sedlands uh high quarter three trio, only a recent subscriber to the podcast, but it has a has quickly become one of my favorites. Uh, My favorite libraries in ascending order are as follows. Number three, uh, the Hogwarts library showcased.
0: Uh Here we go. I knew there was going to be some Harry Potter in here.
3: I didn't know that was a thing because I haven't seen these. All right. Hogwarts library showcased in any one of the Harry Potter films. Hmm. Is that – okay. I've only
2: seen two of them.
3: Um, Arden Sedlin's number two, The Library from the Mummy.
2: Which... Oh, wait. That's what I was trying to think of. Is it one where the bookshelves <laughs> fall over one after another? Because I remember, th- I
0: think I thought that was in the mummy and I almost picked it. Oh, oh again, why sorry. didn't Arden should have gotten in touch with you before we recorded? Oh, it's shoot. the
2: one part of the mummy that made me kind of laugh. All right. Sorry. I got excited when <laughs> um, I knew you said mummy, dingus. Uh, it's My all right.
3: Point. In which Rachel Weiss's Evelyn Works at in Cairo, Rachel
0: Weiss plays a librarian in the movie. Yeah. This makes me want to see it. Interesting. Yeah, she says a lot of funny shit. That. In that. Yeah, um,
3: she uh, works at in Cairo and is seen knocking down all or a majority of the bookshelves uh, after yeah. overextending herself on the ladder to place a book back on the opposite shelf.
2: <laughs> Sounds adorable. Yeah. It's super, and they all fall too. It looks like a real thing. Like. It was like like a dominoes. dominoes. That would yeah, it felt like dominoes. Yeah, like on three walls. It goes around one wall and then the other wall. Well, so it's like someone had to set all that up.
3: It's so it's, it's not part of the action. It's just her being goofy. Yeah, it's
2: her ditziness. Right. It's a super
0: expensive uh, practical. <laughs> isn't isn't Dwayne Johnson in the Mummy or one of those movies? Or I'm Scorpion thinking of Scorpion King. King. Oh, he's not in any Mummy movie. That's no. a, that's a Mummy movie, isn't Scorpion King Mummy? And it's like a spinoff, right? Oh, all right. But the, those mummy movies are Brendan Fraser, isn't it right?
3: Or yeah. Harris Ford? I'm not sure which. Yeah.
0: Uh, but Arden, Arden, and Kelly Wander make me want to see the Mummy now.
3: Right. Mm,
0: it's funny, stupid, but I
2: I kind of <laughs> did like that. There's also a, like an annoying British sidekick who's always like pissing and moaning about
3: everything. Who's that?
2: Like Dean Cook.
3: All right, Dean uh,
2: Cook. Uh, P.J. Shatterley's, I think his name is. <laughs>
3: Uh, Arden Sedlin's number one is in Seven, the library where Somerset researches the literary, philosophical, and theological underpinning of John Doe's acts. Uh, I love this whole scene as it contrasts Somerset's discipline and intellectualism through study and the more traditional working-class character of Mills as he watches sports. Oh, that's right. Mills is watching sports. Uh, to unwind after his own brute force approach to research, by going over the case files again and again. Regards, Arden from Melbourne, Australia.
0: Yeah, Dingus, you didn't do the accent right when you read his email. Go back and do it over. I'm not the it's accent G40. specialist. That's Kelly. Uh, I. I just. Get, yeah. Just imagine you're you're Jai Courtney and read it again, Dingus. All right. Now it's Jai. Is it Jay? Hi, like you say, Lie, hi, hi. Like that's the sport, hi, right? Hi. How do you say yeah. the dude's first name? Jay. Jay.
3: I think you say Jay.
0: Hi. Oi, Joy Courtney.
3: Next, we have T.J. Kella. Mm. Uh, greetings from your favorite Star Wars philistine. Is it philistine? Uh, what's a philistine?
2: Oh, about Halfway. Yeah.
3: Uh, I, I I don't know what a philistine is. Tom, do you so know?
2: Somebody who reads uh, quality books.
3: Um, oh,
0: Kelly Wand had it. He kind of had it
2: in and movies.
0: He was trying to, to do his about squid in the whale. He's uh, trying. Very good, We're... Kelly Wand I'm proud of
2: you. Marcy
0: Magdalene. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I'm not proud. Now I'm no longer proud of you. Nice work. <laughs> Zula. Um,
3: here's TJ Keller's favorite pick for a scene in
0: a library
3: from 2009 movie Nine.
0: Is that the sequel to Seven? It's Ryan. Uh, uh, Gosling? No, shoot. The, the Reynolds, isn't it? The I have Glen no work. idea.
3: I thought it was that musical movie.
0: No, it's. Uh, I think it's one where Hope Davis has a super awesome musical number uh, wearing a tight dress, if it's the one I'm thinking of. It's not I thought it was a dress. cartoon about a bicyclist. Oh, maybe it is the. Lock-up there is the an thing. animated thing called Nine, which is like yeah. little oh. clay people. It might be that that he's thinking. Uh oh. Is that it? Let's find out. Which one is it, Dingus?
3: What's the music? All right, anyway. What um, Nine is a PG-13 computer-animated movie yeah. about nine sequentially animated sentient ragdolls, a.k.a. Yeah. Stitch Punks, in a post-apocalyptic Paris, produced by Tim Burton. It has a lot of dark imagery, tension throughout, and some very creepy bad guy machines. I love when people in movies go to the library in search of knowledge, in this case the characters – know nothing. Oh, I remember. We went to see this Tom, I
0: think. I yeah. kind of liked it, if I remember right. I think we might have even done a Would we have done no, a podcast it's before, it? before? Okay. I think it was before we All right, that makes sense. It was out yeah. before the podcast.
3: It, Was there a musical with Katherine Zeta-Jones called Nine?
2: That's called um
3: N-I-N-E? That was Chicago. All right. Chicago, um yeah. in this case, the characters know nothing of how or why the world is, was destroyed and why there are no humans left. They go to the library and meet three and four twins who are cataloging the library. What blows me away about this scene is the scale, the economy of storytelling, and the classic post-apocalyptic trope of objects used for unintended purposes. The three, four stitch punks have to maneuver the dilapidated library they use as an ornery as a lift, as as an... Orary is a lift, and the news clippings movie short conveys everything the movie is going to tell you about the past in about four minutes.
0: Uh, an orary is a looks like a mobile of the solar system.
3: An orary. All right, thank yeah. you. I, I I couldn't figure out what that word was. Thank you. Cam. I
0: think it's if you played more video games, you might know that.
3: Yeah, I might, but probably not. Anyway, T.J. Keller. Um, boy, I totally forgot that movie. That's great. Thank you, T.J. I,
0: I know there's a movie called Nine with Ryan Reynolds and Hope Davis. And that, if we were doing a three-by-three three of hot Hope Davis scenes, then the nine movie that I'm thinking of would be on that three-by-three. Three. <laughs> okay. I don't know that there's a library scene in that movie, though.
3: Um, next, we have Paul Weimer. Um The three favorite scenes in libraries you can make book. I'd want to be in on this one.
2: <laughs> mm. That's too much for me.
3: <laughs> it's appalling that he always comes up with a pun.
2: I'll agree with that.
3: Um, I had to think of particular scenes rather than Gorgeous Libraries. Number three, a grandpa movie to be sure. but The musical number set in the River City Library in The Music Man is Ugh. a classic for
0: me. Ugh. Tom, don't you love that music? Uh, Tom, is that a black and white movie or color? Actually, isn't that color? Because I think that's like recent enough and I'm thinking of pictures from it. Music Man has got to be color. And isn't it like Preston Robert Preston? Yeah, very I, good. Yeah. yeah. Why do I know that? Yeah, but I. It's color, right? Because you always listen to that. Yeah, it's totally. Color. You like operas? Sweet, I win. Uh, it's Paul's not the number. Candy, man.
2: <laughs> what? He's the music man. Don't
3: me. say that two more times. Don't say that two more times. <laughs> uh, Paul Weimer's number two is in the name of the rose.
0: Oh, see, oh, that's a good
3: one. Yeah. William of Baskerville, played by Sean Connery. And Adso, played by Christian Slater, must sneak into and navigate a library in the form of a labyrinth. Rare books, secret passages, and much more await their journey. Their journey. Their journey? You're the man now, dog! (laughs) I just remember, (laughs) I think it was when Tom and I were watching maybe the last, or the second to last uh, episode of Game of Thrones, there's this weird huge library that just has, yeah, like, uh... there's no space taken up in the whole middle of it. I'm like, why? why don't you just put books in the middle of that whole space? So I was like, you can't do that.
0: Yeah. Uh, if we didn't, is it Umberto Eco's fault that we have Dan Brown novels? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Just thinking. Like, if Umberto Eco hadn't done Name of the Rose, would Dan Brown be doing all those goofy angels and demons things? Umberto Eco,
2: but that's about monks, which is cool. Like
0: no, but it's that Hey, it's that same school. kind of, like, intellectual mystery where you can only find the solution in, like, it's like a professorial mystery story, right? It, doesn't it? I don't know. Maybe not.
2: Yeah.
0: I just kind of feel like are... it's Umberto Eco's fault that Dan Brown did all that crap that he did. Maybe not. Dan I, Brown just made the yeah, well, it's, it's like Kelly wanted. just like any atrocity is you are looking for reasons why. It's just part of the natural. It's human nature. You look for reasons for these atrocities. Yeah. Did, did you read? Ends, did yeah. either of you read *Name of the Rose*? Yeah, sure. Yeah, did I, you I try to read Foucault's pendulum. No, no, Pen- no, Pen- no. I was going to say it's the only thing by Umberto Eco that a normal person can read.
3: Yeah, I tried to read Foucault's Foucault's pendulum. I think that's how you say it. Foucault. I'm, <laughs> oh, Sorry, Ben. Thanks, Ben.
0: Ben Foster will correct you on the pronunciation of it. You're that. <laughs> welcome.
3: I'm here it, for you. Is it really Foucault? Oh. Yeah, it's Foucault's crazy. Yeah.
0: pendulum. All right, yeah, I could not read that. It's not for you, Dingus. It's not for me. It's probably not even for Kelly Wand. Mm. I don't
2: oh. swing that way.
3: <laughs> uh, Paul Gimber's number one choice is Evie. Rachel Weiss. Oh, okay. That's the name of the character. Uh, destroying the library in the Cairo Museum of Antiquities.
0: Oh, my uh, God. Did he pick Agora?
3: The oh, shelving accident in the mummy. Oops. Oh, oops. Agora.
0: So there is a movie uh, about the invention of the circle called Agora with Rachel Weiss, and it has stuff about the library in Alexandria.
3: About the invention really? of the circle? Yep. Is there something about the invention of the circumference of the earth?
0: There are infinites of those. Mm. Oh Next, we have
3: Chris Brawley. Uh, I think saw, I,
0: Chris Brawley saw Suicide Squad, I understand.
3: I think he did, yeah. He had some things to say about that, I believe. He uh, he did, and Rob Lowe did. Uh, but Chris Brawley says he thinks his will be obvious choices. Number one, Ghostbusters. Librarian in Ghostbusters checking out a book, and then shushing Peter Venkman as a classic. And yes, I'm referring to the 1940 and 1984 original. Uh, number two from Chris Brawley, The Breakfast Club.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, I could see that coming. Too. Yeah, I could
3: see yeah. that coming. Yeah, we had a we had a listener, uh, Chris Markinson, who usually contributes but didn't get around to it this week, uh, who asked whether or not high school or school libraries were available, and I said, "Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead." So Chris Brawley took advantage of this for The Breakfast Club. It's pretty much one long library scene, yeah. and actually until. Markinson said anything, I didn't even think of this. Um, Paul Gleason, R.A.P., he plays the principal, was my favorite from the film, but it was hard not to love Judd Nelson's bender, especially after he whistles the march song from The Bridge and the River Kwai.
2: Wait, Paul Gleason's dead?
3: Apparently. Huh. My favorite moment is, is when, uh, he's contending about, um, uh, Oh good lord, I can't even remember the name of the poet now. Or the, the playwright, forget it. Moving on. Uh, Marlo? number, what? Marlowe? No, it's, um, it's Molière. Uh, because, uh, he's, because Judd Nelson's character says, uh, Molay really pumps my nads. And then, um, the nerd says, it's Molière. And then he throws the book at him. Um, Chris Brawley's number three is UHF. Of all of George Newman's dreams of random movie parodies and song spoofs in this weird Al Yankovic film, it was his Conan the Librarian bit <laughs> that I'm referencing here. When he speaks in an Austrian-accented English pattern after Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Guardian of the Shelves chastises a librarian for not knowing the Dewey Decimal System, and slices a patron in half for returning a book overdue. Chris Brawley, Kelly, do you know what this is? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I I don't think I've seen you, Jeff. All right.
2: It's, uh, it doesn't hold up. Uh, but there's a funny part where a kid spits in Word Al's face. It's kind of funny. And Michael Richards is funny in it.
3: Uh, oh, Michael Richards. All right. All right. Yeah. Next we have Grant Stewart. Uh, number three seven. Morgan mm-hmm. Freeman is exasperated that the security guards at a very cool library sit around playing poker when they have a world of knowledge at their fingertips. Um, Grant Stewart's number two. All the president's men. Yeah, Red see. and Hoffman go to the Library of Congress to look through every book checked out by the Nixon administration.
0: <laughs>
3: so number Tom, number journalism. one from Grant Stewart, Superman.
0: I'm I'm guessing – can I make a guess, Dingus? Go ahead. Is he going to say – and this might – this I think would maybe get someone put in jail. Is he going to guess that the Fortress of Solitude is a lot What? Let's find Um, out. Bullshit. Let's find out.
2: That would get – that's super pulled over. I
3: thought you were going to say that Lex Luthor was like in the – in the library. Prison library? Okay, so I may be stretching the topic here, but the Fortress of Solid. No. Oh, I, win. God. I win. I
0: went, I win.
3: Oh, See? God. I, oh, I, God. I,
0: know, I have to say, I know how nerds think.
3: Oh, my God. Ben Stewart said the Fortress of Solitude is kind of like a Kryptonian library. Oh, my God. <laughs> there are plenty of library scenes where people are looking at microfiche or something like that.
0: Oh, I would my argue
3: God. that libraries offer more than just books. And that the crystals are kind of like microfiche for Superman. Jesus.
0: Oh my god. Sounds like Kelly Wand does not agree with this pick. Like Kelly Wand is raising legal objections. Even I, if, even I am appalled.
3: I will await my sentencing from the court of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at least Grant Stewart knows when he's breaking the law.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're going. I'm sorry, Grant. You're going to be at least in the drunk tank for the week.
0: That's life. not a library. It's, it's, it's just his book
3: room.
2: Yeah, that's like calling. I in that know,
0: case, I my favorite think. library is the, the USS Discovery with how. Yeah, that's my favorite my library. library is my bedroom. My favorite
3: library is Google
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, so we have somebody named John next. All right, John.
2: He doesn't check books out of the Fortress of
3: Solitude.
2: He doesn't use a card. Okay, please continue.
3: I would love to see his late fees after he's flown around the world a couple of times. He doesn't just fly around the world backwards. He owns those
0: books. Fees. It's not a library. <laughs> They're his books. Well, to be fair to Grant Scott, I mean I – You your own house. Yeah, that's the thing. Is, I don't think the Fortress of Solitude qualifies, but I was trying to think of also – That's a study. Well, you can so, call a collection of books a library, even if it's a private collection. Like I R. specifically wanted to think – exactly, Clue, right. Um, so I think that's what he's going for, and he's pushing his, his comic book nerd definition a little too far. But you can – that's something – I mean a library doesn't have to be a public or a school library. So You've got to
2: test boundaries sometimes to see if they're even there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, so, so John says, number three, Adam's family. There's a running oh. gag throughout the movie where books in Gomez's library do funny things like Gone with the Wind is like a wind machine. You can get a fan you can get a tan from The Sun Also Rises <laughs> and Greed Opens a Vault. The best library scene is the climax of the movie where Fester weaponizes a book called Hurricane Irene. Uh That's a book. apparently. Uh John's number two Oh, okay, geez, why didn't I think of this? Uh Shawshank Redemption. Um, uh, yeah. One pivotal scene takes place in the prison library Where James Whitmore's Brooks Holds a knife to William Sadler's character's neck Tries to stay in prison setting up how Red will need to be redeemed Well the whole uh, John, the whole library Sequence where where, um, where His character is Getting funding to have a library I didn't even think of that The prison library Yeah,
2: that's a good one See that's that's an ing- ingenious use of the word, as opposed to Fortress of Solitude, which is a, that's a, that's a library. An actual, in it.
3: That's an actual library, and and Tim Brown's right. character is is getting funding. The whole re- one of his main motivations, besides you know trying to escape, uh, is making this library. He he creates a library for these men. I mean, yeah. this is that's a pretty cool pick. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, and John then picks number one, the Mummy. Uh-huh. See? So we all know the mummy. Uh, she next, also goes... Okay. Yeah. Next, Rob Lowe. Uh, <laughs> number three, Seven. Uh, we all know Seven. We've talked about that. Thank you, Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe, uh, Brad Pitt. So, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Okay, fine. I thought of this one, too. Yeah. <laughs> the scene yeah, where yeah. Indy uses a rope stand to break through the floor. And the silly looking librarian thinks it's his book stamps. Right. Book stamps. That, 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 that's super goofy, but I love Last Crusade. Um, and finally Rob Lowe's number one is a Breakfast Club. Yeah. Um, there are several scenes in the library. My favorite, I'm glad you mentioned a favorite, Rob Lowe, but my favorite must be the one where they all get high and dance to Carla DeVito's We Are Not Alone. <laughs> Nick D next. Hi guys. Uh, is going to the library in the movie an anachronism now? Uh, doing research uh, can be done online so much quicker. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons I chose this this, this uh, topic, Nick. Uh, so anyway, number three. Uh, in the long pull-away that happens in All the President's Men, when Woodward and Bernstein visit the Library of Congress to start th- going through, I think, voter records. It's a great visual metaphor for them being dwarfed by all the information they have to go through. Um... Nick Diaz number two in Philadelphia. Uh, there's a scene where Tom Hanks is working in the library and Denzel observes the librarian to get Hanks to leave. It's a great moment where all three actors do a lot of do a lot without saying a lot. Uh, and Nick Diaz number one in Seven. Morgan Freeman visits the library to research the seven deadly sins for Brad Pitt because it is after hours. He has to be let in by his security guard friend. Uh, By the way, the actor who plays the security guard is named Hawthorne James, and he's one of those Mm -hmm. guys who's been in everything, but I most remember him as the bus driver who gets shot in speed.
2: Oh, Sam?
3: I didn't remember that. Thanks, Nick.
2: Sam, the bus driver?
3: And finally, we have Arthur Kelly.
2: Giovanna Jellia, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Thank you very much. Number three, The Good Shepherd. Matt Damon is trying to read in what I believe is the Yale Library, but is distracted by a nearby girl tapping her pencil on a table. When he asks oh. her to stop, he discovers that she is deaf and did not realize how much noise she was making. After they both apologize, they go on some dates, making the scene a library meet cute. Wow, I forgot that, Arthur. Uh, number two for Arthur 22 Jump Street. <laughs> Makes me happy. Channing Tatum, wearing his football uniform, <laughs> pretends to suck. hear <laughs> <You're laughs> that, Tom?
0: I, I can't wait to, till we get to the punchline. This is going to be yeah, awesome. I forget. I don't remember the scene. Yeah. So. The fact that Dingus is laughing
2: at the point he's oh, laughing. I'm
3: sorry, there's going to be some untoward language here. Mm. Channing Tatum, wearing his football uniform, pretends to suck Jonah Hill's dick in the school library in order to avoid being detected by some criminals. What? What? When when did
0: it win, huh?
2: (laughs) That could have happened. The
3: evildoers noticed them and referred to them as a couple of faggots, a term that that Tatum, who's been taking classes on this sort of thing, (laughs) is not okay with. Yeah. He is so angered that he lectures the criminals on what terms to use
0: when referring yeah. to gay
3: people, blowing <laughs> he and Mill's cover. He's a
2: good student. That's the twist of twenty one street. Oh, thank
3: you, Arthur. Um finally <laughs> Arthur's number one.
0: <laughs> do you guys real quick, do you guys know about the splash remake with Channing Tatum? No. Uh, what the What Channing Tatum and Jillian Bell in the remake of Splash.
2: Wait, Channing Tatum's Tom Hanks
0: or Daryl Hannah? Channing Tatum is the mermaid. Jillian Bell is the Tom Hanks. Oh, that's okay with me. So he's a merman. Yep, I'm okay with it too. But I kind of wish that Jillian Bell had been the mermaid. So the, the merman- Ghostbusters sing it a little. Yeah.
3: The merman's kind of been done though in Kevin and the Woods.
0: Oh, scary! Jeez, dingus! Sorry, dingus. Yeah. And in Batman vs Superman, <laughs> <laughs> we got a little view of him too at the end of Suicide Squad. Yeah, how about mm-hmm. that?
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's quite an yeah. Easter egg. Uh, Arthur jelly, number one. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince.
1: Uh-huh. Ah,
3: <laughs> Harry see? and Hermione discuss their plans to get dates for Slug Slughorn, for Slughorn's Christmas party. Jesus. <laughs> Well, walking around the Hogwarts library, library well, was
2: I born early
3: as It is full of old magical looking books Some of which levitate Making a great setting for this humorous scene Alright, that's uh, Those are our listener submissions Ladies and gentlemen Oh, wait uh, No, these are suggestions Alright, Shidi uh, and you Thank you for uh, starting to listen And we will take your topic suggestions under advisement Thank you very much
0: Uh, As far as libraries being out of date, there's a a great moment in a movie. Dingus finally got around to seeing Kelly Wand uh, where Jesse Eisenberg – he lives on like a hippie commune kind of thing. So he doesn't – he's not a guy with a laptop or an iPhone, but he also needs to find out information without leaving a trail. Like he's a little nervous about anybody knowing that he's looked this up. But in Night Moves, there's a scene where Jesse Eisenberg is desperate to get into a library to use their computer to find out information, which is a great contemporary portrayal of – Hey, sometimes a library is useful. For the most part, it's not because most people will have a computer or will have a a smartphone.
3: And it's such a weird scene because he he begs the guy to let him in a little bit early. Yeah. He's like, I'm only going to be here a few minutes like two minutes, and he goes up there and does that. By the way, Night Moves, great,
0: great movie. Finally. Jesus
3: Christ. I don't. I would. I. I can't wait to. And we haven't even talked about this yet. I can't wait to talk. I, I can't wait for Kelly Wan to see this and for us to talk about the end. See and Kelly how he feels about that. See. Oh. I cannot see wait Warren? for that. Mister, Night Mr.
0: Night Mr. Moves. Mr. Always referencing Meeks cut off, but not seeing enough of Kelly Reichardt's movies. Jeez, well, Kelly Wan.
3: Uh. I saw Night Moves because of Tom's topic last week because I thought it might relate. Um, and I saw it uh, early in the week and it doesn't really relate um but man i really love the movie uh all the actors are so freaking good in it
0: there's that's the definitive fanning as far as i'm concerned
3: yeah she doesn't even it's weird to even look at her in that yeah Uh,
0: is that there's a sister named that it's dakota fanning peter sarsgaard and jesse eisenberg
3: Oh, I'm going to name go. my next kid, Definitive.
0: <laughs> definitive <laughs> Muraski. <laughs> Dakota, L, and Definitive, yeah. <laughs> That's a boy's
3: name. <laughs> right, do you guys have any uh, runners-up?
0: I'm surprised no one picked Phantom Menace, where all the Padawans get killed. What? That's the second one. Shoot, I knew I got something wrong. was the
2: third one. Although, J- Watto's Junkyard's a library of parts. <laughs> uh, so I may, I'm
3: Nobody picked After Sex.
0: What's After Have Sex? Have you ever seen that movie? No, but we saw Threesome. All right. Yeah. What is it? After Sex? Why would I watch it's, a movie it, about it? It's, it's got Louis Aldana
3: and Mila Kunis in a very. Really? Uh, I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> Can we watch something
0: interested? <laughs> yeah. I thought it
3: was. This this library scene. Anyway, hmm. um, it's one of those that I I've known about for some time. And anyway, uh, the the thing that you were talking about, Tommy, I forget what you were talking about, but uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, um, the the Sea Sun Library is you can see it, but it's all uh, CG'd around as if it were San Francisco. So, but that it's the outside of that library, and you were talking about the outside of some library.
0: When oh, Escape from New York is the, uh, it's the, from, yeah, yeah, they yeah. use a courthouse though, but yeah. 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 All right, uh, Kelly Wand. What are the listeners going to be listening to next week when we do our Jason Bourne podcast? What's the three by three after the movie talk going to be? I'm
2: um, so excited, and I know you are too. Oh, because we've done quicksand.
0: We've done we've lava. Done, we've,
2: we've done lava. All right. We've we've done wheels of decisions. <laughs> we've done oceans. We've done regular sand. We've done sand, right? I've done sand, slow sand, and quick sand. (laughs) We haven't done this is. I couldn't believe we hadn't done this yet. I was like,
0: "What?" Uh, It's three best avalanches. So, wow.
3: What a coincidence!
0: Yeah, I guess Kelly Wan's going to have to see Force Majeure. Yep. See, well, that's why I picked it. Maybe. You, did, uh, I'm not so, saying there's an avalanche in it. I'm just saying it's yeah, got nothing to do with what you just said. I'm just saying, Kelly One, you should see Force Majeure. I don't – it doesn't – it's just some p- thought that popped into my head. That's all I'm saying. It's,
3: also, um, Tom, real quick, Tom, should we get
0: him to define what an avalanche is? No, 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 no. He might come up with – no, no, he might. Well, maybe so because is, an, is a tsunami an avalanche of water?
2: That's the thing. I was gonna say the Fortress <laughs> like of Solitude, there's an avalanche at the beginning icing. when he makes the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> there's an avalanche of ice. It turns into books. So yeah. okay, you guys can go back to whispering. Okay.
0: <laughs> Never mind. No, we're we're done. You Yeah, we didn't you couldn't hear us. You didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're gonna see Jason Bourne next week, and then we're gonna have a three by three of our favorite avalanches. Kelly One, what if some of the listeners think of some really cool avalanches that would qualify for this topic
2: well i don't really like reading uh the listener submissions aloud myself i like other people reading them and i like reading them in general i just don't like reading them aloud so if you want to hear me get annoyed at you sending in reader submissions (laughs) hopefully hopefully involving
0: hopefully involving super long detailed explanations of anime plots
2: yeah, those are really
3: good. Oh please,
2: That's please, what people oh, please.
3: want. Oh please!
0: I
2: doubt there's any avalanches in anime. <laughs> listeners, <laughs> uh, send your submissions to three x three at quarter to three dot com, and also your opinions separately
0: about the motion picture Jason Bourne. Yeah, so let us know what you thought of uh, Jason Bourne. We have to see it. Try so to remember. You have to see it too. That's the rule, right. You have to hope that
2: we f- don't forget to read them. Or, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: uh, We won't because, Kelly Wand, that will be Dingus' job. You just have to read the three-by-three. Three. Ugh. Uh, so join us for that next week. I'm Tom <laughs> Chick. I have been here with Christian Marinsky. <laughs> it's Christian Marosky. And we also – we had Kelly Wand. Shut up, fool. <laughs> dun,
1: dun, dun, <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. You got a good fit.
2: La la. Dingus, I almost went with three best
3: witches. Stay evil, doll face. Spread the word.
0: Hmm. I swore an oath to keep it secret. This lie has kept apocalypse at bay for hundreds of years. We were afraid if the queen's heart was destroyed, you'd lose your immortality or die.
1: That wasn't your choice to make. Mm.
2: So that's what Vin Diesel's Gandalf would have sounded like, huh?
3: <laughs> Another textbook sociopath. Hmm. Those aren't words. <laughs> You're really in bad shape upstairs.
2: Uh, I swore an oath to keep it secret. The Queen's Heart. Everything, of course,
3: Majesty. Everything said to Harley Quinn in this movie could have been said to you. I don't know. <laughs>